You're listening to For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. Hello there, and welcome to our first installment of our Andor Recaps here on the For the Republic podcast feed. I am Andrew, one of your co-hosts, joined today by Don and Connor. We are here to talk about the first three episodes of Andor. They they really gave us a nice treat, giving us a three-episode premiere. Watching the episodes, I'm glad that it was like this, but also it's like we've got so much to discuss. Uh, you might notice Jake is not with us today. Uh, he'll hopefully be back next episode. But it's just going to be the three of us. We're going to be rocking and rolling through these episodes. How have you all been before we get going? Surviving. Yeah, I've, I've been yep. I've been good, dude. Yeah, it's it, it's, uh, it's certainly been an interesting week for like Star Wars discourse in that like refreshingly. And I was talking about this just before we like we went on air, but like the discourse hasn't been about about like you know, like the worst kind of people talking about how it, how the show sucks. It's, it's generally been a discussion of like the show and its quality. So that, that's been really nice to see. Yeah. It's been refreshing. Uh, like I also mentioned though, the only thing that's been, been a bit upsetting is the algorithm for Andor has been burying it. So that's upsetting that people haven't been able to get their like opinions voiced about the show that much because of the way that, youtube and tiktok algorithms work but we're here to talk about andor no matter what uh so for me personally i also cool to see that don is uh ha- is on video this time because his, his camera was not working last time so all three yeah. of us are here fully this functional time. this time fully no, functional. yeah no, no not, need for professor yang no need for professor hu yang this time he, he can officially like retire back to like making lightsabers exactly uh, so I don't know about you guys, but I, I mean, Don, obviously, I don't think this is the case for you because of time zone differences, but I, I did stay up for the 3 a.m. release and I watched them all in a row, even though I had work, uh, in the, the afternoon, the next day, which I, I powered through it, but these episodes to me were worth it. And the way that they released these three at once, I think really did the show a favor, uh, because of just how yeah. the episodes are structured and how the story all kind of blended together. Uh, I feel like if it was just this first episode, just judging by how the episode ended, like it, to me, that's the one thing I noticed is that they, the episodes just kind of, they just end and they just kind of go right into the next episode. And I think if it was just the first episode that was released, some people might've just been like, all right, so uh, that's it. But because it was three of them and we got this whole story at first, it's going to be, it, it was good. And I think now we have our expectations of how these episodes are going to be structured going forward. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of, it, like structure wise, it just makes so much sense to like have these three episodes in a block, especially since like, you know, they almost kind of like sort into kind of like a mini movie because you have like the build up for the first two episodes. And then you have like this rather explosive confrontation for the third episode, which is weirdly like it kind of rhymes with Mando because that's how the first three episodes of that show progressed. You know, you have the two episodes building up uh, and then you have like the episode that changes the trajectory of the show 
pretty much with like a big explosive confrontation. Yeah, definitely. I know a lot of people like assumed or maybe expected most of the first season to take place on Ferrix. I'm assuming we're still going to go back at points because yeah. we still have a couple characters there that are still on Ferrix that I really, really hope that keep showing up because if they're just for these first three episodes, I'm going to be upset. And it's not I just more Brasso. Brasso is my guy. I was going to say the same thing. I have a hit tweet now, thanks to Brasso. Yes. We have another viral tweet uh, courtesy of Don. Um, but let's just talk about the way that this first episode starts off because we, you want to talk about like people have talked about just the way that this show feels different compared to all the other Star Wars shows, not just like the grittiness and the way it's focusing on kind of your, your Star Wars version of everyday people in the galaxy, which I'm sure we'll talk about more. But just right off the bat, the tone is different, but it doesn't feel like super like gritty for the sake of being gritty, like a lot of like the DCEU did in its earlier days. Like this is <laughs> it just immediately you're like, okay, this is it's still Star Wars, but this is this is new. And we get what everyone's pretty much calling the Star Wars version of the red light district. And I just love it just the way the atmosphere, the shots. The way that like the show looks, immediately you're like, okay, we're not in the volume anymore. Like this is we're back in in Definitely real not. budget territory here. Uh yeah. which Jake shared that thing about how Kenobi's budget, I don't know if it was per episode or just total, was ninety I think it was ninety million for the whole show. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like I wow. loved Kenobi. Loved it. Same. But, like like we've done <laughs> videos upon videos about our thoughts on Obi-Wan. And they were very yeah. glowing. But that... Oh, for sure. But, like, what, no. what the hell? What gives? Like, She-Hulk... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm digging She-Hulk. I don't think that should have a higher budget than Obi-Wan. Like, it doesn't... And it doesn't need one. So I, yeah, I don't well, I don't understand it. Uh, yeah. The way COVID. that they're handling the budgets. Like, I think... That is probably it. A double COVID probably shot them Kenobi did. That's... Probably that is probably it. Like yeah, because Andor did shoot after Kenobi, and that would have been around like the time that they had started adjusting more. I think to like do how to know, shoot during COVID. Do we know when was Book of Boba Fett shot? Was that post like post COVID? It or? was. It was because like I know Mando season. I think Mando season two was the last. Yeah, it was the last one that shot pre-covid yeah they had literally was done just wrapped before, yeah they just yeah. wrapped it up exactly and that's what made it kind of like that's i remember it was like kind of like there wasn't a lot of new stuff big stuff that was launching like most of the stuff for 2020 had just been cancelled and then mando season two comes in and we're like whoa but like yeah to get back to andor like that opening sequence is really cool i have to mention the uh the bby graphic because like yeah <laughs> People, that is the are, kind of thing. Uh, people are talking about that. I'm not a fan That's... of the BBY5. I have five BBY. Really? For me. Yeah. No, no. In terms of trivia stuff, and just yeah. in terms of just. You know, I honestly, I thought there was going to be a bigger discussion than it was because I just yeah. knew there was going to be some people that were like, oh, it's five BBY, not BBY5. But <laughs> I think this is the first time. Yeah, I think this is the first time in canon, like they've actually said, like, yeah. that BBY yep. or ABY. Yeah. So like Pablo Hidalgo was like, oh, then 
Is it battle before Yavin or is it not? Does it mean something else? They're so running can... very far away from the from the BSI ASI <laughs> designation <laughs> that they had in the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary. That's which is just it's so funny that they tried to change that and and like and I get the reasons, but like it was so funny that the Star Wars fandom as a whole was just kind of like, nah, nah, man, <laughs> not like, feel, not feeling it. Let's, let's not do that. Yeah, let's uh change it up, but. <laughs> Again, it's all arbitrary way, anyway. Yeah, so. it, it, it's exactly it's nerd stuff. It's like the the stuff that only like the 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 hardcoreest of the hardcore really yeah. truly give a shit about is what what time designation does this take place in? Like, you ask anyone on the street, it's like, okay, are you a BBY or, or BSI person? They'll be like, what are you asking me? Like, say to me, is that a type of like computer or something? And I'll be like, ah, oh, you you but again like my honest opinion is i don't care i saw it and i was like oh that's cool yeah because I, I obviously i'm like oh bby because i'm a star wars nerd i'm like okay cool yeah but i was Same. like I, I found it interesting that they did choose to do that because we it's always just been location destiny or whatever it's been like when they first did that i think in rogue one was the first yep. time they had like those type of things yeah. which i like that they're still keeping that type of style for andor because it's like, okay, so this is still in this... We're following Rogue One, so it still kind of feels like Rogue One in the sense of just the way, like, the visual presentation. It needs to happen more, I think. Like... I, I like it. I like, I'm, like... I'm, like, for stuff like Kenobi, where it's more connected to the Skywalker saga, I like that it felt like that. Like, it still has the... start, Like, the Skywalker saga type of credits and everything. Whereas this one... Yeah. Doesn't. Completely different. It's not even, like, the concept art that we have in Mando. It's just like black screen. It's still the same. I've noticed it's still the same font, but it's just plain white with the black yeah. background. So yeah, it still feels like Star Wars, but it's different in a way. Like again, this is just it's it's such a refreshing take on Star it's Wars. Very unique. Very unique. And like, I am all for it. When all I watched this, because I started rewatching them. Well, I only just got to the first rewatch the first episode I today. I haven't seen it since Tuesday. Just uh, a, just to really remember what happened because 3 a.m watches do not recommend yeah. <laughs> do not and this recommend. is your, your this is your second uh and or discussion show that you've done because you already yes. did nights this week yes so literally we recorded yesterday and by <laughs> yesterday i mean uh friday september 23rd or was it thursday wait friday or th i can't remember i think no, it, no, it, came it was out thursday yesterday. we recorded thursday september 22nd this has been the running gag uh, is Connor in the Discord server, I think three times this week, has gotten the day wrong because he thought it was <laughs> yeah. Thursday like three days in a row. Oh, no, like, that's, oh, just, shit, that's not even just that's not even related to all that. That's just yeah. time. That's just time. Is, is Like is, COVID uh, is just objective. like this pandemic is just fucked with my perception of time. Also, yeah, before no. I speaking of tragedies, I need to just a moment of silence. So. Peeling back the curtain here for, for the video people. So so over here, I have a shelf where I have my lightsabers and a couple of my Lego sets displayed. Now, when I went to like move the shelf out of the way to plug my laptop in, my Obi-Wan saber started falling. And I, inst I, I caught it. I was able to save it in time because last time that happened, it knocked over one of my sets and I had to. It was just terrible. Well... 
Didn't didn't no. save it in time. Didn't save it in time. How poetic that Obi Wan saber destroys Obi Wan's lightsaber. Uh, I mean, destroys Obi Wan starfighter. As George Death Lucas would say, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, but kind of rhymes for the last. Um, but no, I started rewatching the episode because a I forgot most of it. And B for trivia question purposes. Um. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. Um, um, but, but there's a lot really, of Easter eggs in this. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah but I, I remember, I thought there wasn't enough Easter eggs in this. I thought, yeah, I thought there wasn't any Easter eggs. I thought there wasn't any Easter eggs. Yeah. You're telling me because. <laughs> well, is there a version. Of, does Easter eggs. Is that just like, oh, Darth Vader didn't show up in the first second of the show? So I don't care. Like, probably what is like, Easter eggs. There's it's definitely like, a. Yeah. Because, like, oh, Easter Luke egg, I think. Here. It's like, okay, stretched. but what about. You know, there's a ship that looks like the ghost in, in the in the shipyard on Ferrix, and there's a couple other ones that people have, have pointed out too that I'm wait. There's at. a what? I didn't realize the wait a ship that looks like the ghost on Ferrix. There's so. also a oh, ship wow. that's there's also the exact the same model, model of of Ochi of Bestoon's ship. So no, that's why it looks so one. familiar to me. I was like, that yeah, ship looks so familiar, but I don't know why. Yeah, because I was watching the Thank whole sequence you. and I was like. There's something familiar here because I obviously spotted the Y wing because I like you know I know Y wings but like I was watching it like there's other ships here I just know it and then someone posted that it was Ochi of Bestoon's ship and I was like oh I mean, I'm not sure if it's the same one because it's a different probably color, not but it's Maybe. such a cool reference probably not. to have it there yeah. and they also have the little uh, vulture things that were like in Force Awakens oh in the Force Awakens yeah yeah, yeah there's exactly been, there's been a lot of I think the real strength learned. of just like my big picture notes about these first three episodes, like I really like the slow burn of it all. And we really, yeah. really get to just be with these characters. Oh yeah, exactly. And it's that even is, like people is... like Tim and people like Brasso <laughs> and just everyone else of that working class town. Like, oh just yeah. Get to just be with them. It felt like you were following like, yeah, I think it was Star Wars explains video. Said it's like you're following the star the the space equivalent of like a small mining town in yeah, whatever spot on. city it is or and it 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 works so well because this show has such a good strength with its world building and just establishing Ferrix in just three episodes. Okay, this is the community. These are these characters. Here are a couple of the locations, and then even in when we get to the third episode. Just the way that the town works and how they kind of rally, like with their townspeople, was really cool, and, and I was a big fan of it. But going back to uh, more, uh, more, what, what's the name of the planet to be? Morlana One, I believe. Morlana One. Morala One. Morala. All right. Yeah. Let me. Look. So I wrote this down somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just I the way that this shot or this this scene in that bar was shot. And then Cassian immediately, like, immediately I recognized the uniforms as the corporate police that the two the guys that are just giving him shit that he got service before they did. It's like, we've been here longer. Uh, and Cassian, oh. he's looking for, uh, go ahead. Quick, quick, uh, quick note. Uh, it's print. It's Morlana one. Okay. That's yeah. what it says on Wikipedia. I was just like, how do I pronounce this? I yeah. was like, is it Morlana or is it Mara? I don't know. I can't wait to talk about that like, scene that we're getting to in the first like five minutes. I know exactly. Ugh. Yeah. But he, like, he asks one of the uh, the ladies working there. It's like, do you have 
someone from Canary working here. It's like, oh yeah, we don't give our real names. And it's like, okay, someone did used to work here, but it's been, I think she said years or months, or she hasn't worked there in a, in a while. So he goes to leave and he is cornered outside. First of all, the shots of him just walking outside just screamed Blade Runner to me. Someone did a side-by-side yes, side of Xandor exactly. and Blade Runner 2049, and I was like, okay, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, such a noir feel across the whole sequence. Like, that that shot where he is walking and they both come up behind him, and he, it's just, like, this long shot of him, just, like, of, of Diego Luna just, like, putting his hands up and just, like, standing there as the two approach him. You feel the tension there, and there's not even any music to like build things, and it's just the whole sequence is just fantastic, and it rhymes thematically with how we first see, see Cassian in uh, in Rogue One, which is fascinating to me. Definitely, uh, I just think it's a perfect introduction. Like even if you haven't seen Rogue One going into this, it's a perfect introduction to who Cassian is as a character. Yeah, uh, and it just again one of his big things in Rogue One was him saying he's done terrible things in the name of the rebellion, and we see one of those things in this scene. And some people are like, "How is he not naming names?" But it's like, "How is he a hero?" Like he kills someone in cold blood. It's like, do I need to remind you what his first scene was in Rogue One, where he literally killed someone on his side for the better to save of the himself. To yeah. save himself and for his exactly. mission. And and Th- this these scene is like are just some douchebag like they're cops. borderline security guard cops. Yeah, yeah that are harassing yeah. him. The thing I like the most is that this kicks his whole journey off. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. It's and just like it's a, a great I think scene. it was someone I think rewatching it, I was just like, God damn the acting with that one guy i think his name was um i wrote it down somewhere i know the i know the first guy was verlo but i think it, it was a crawl it started with a k i can't remember uh, remember it off the top of my head um but just his acting of just like he he fell he felt like yeah. we're, we're going together i was we're like this guy's full of shit just... but yeah. like god damn it it's so good <laughs> It's yeah. very Janos Slint in a uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, like you like know when, this guy's going to rat Cassian out. Exactly. Oh, like, yeah. No matter how much he pleads, you know he is going to turn on Cassian. Yeah. And he knows it too. But even like when he just raised the blaster and shot him, I was like, damn, that's like, that is yeah. cold. I was and like, it's, it's, is... wow. It tells you exactly not only where he is, but what kind of character he is and like the conflict. He clearly has because Cassian clearly has like some stuff to work through, and yeah. he's definitely a person with like darkness that he has to wrestle with. No, there, this first scene was just such a great way of establishing the show. Real quickly, I want to talk about how like the the opening like title card of the show. Oh, it's so I, good! So good. The music. I think it's different in all three episodes, but it was, it was great in every single one of them. And then the 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 build up to the Andor logo, just perfect. I love it. I love it's it. Brilliant. It really is. You, it can you can tell that like Lucasfilm is pretty confident in this show. Oh, oh for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I love it. It's like I love the way it like it's very two thousand one. With the way like it builds up to like that planet and then it transitions into the rebel symbol. It's just it's 
it's both very artistic and I love the music as well. Like Nicholas Bristle's score, like because we we've been it's very much spoiled with Star Wars music. Like I think for the last several series, like you know, obviously Ludwig's uh, Mandalorian score is iconic. I I personally thought um, Natalie Holt's Obi Wan score was in was very interesting, and we obviously got John Williams' theme. But Nicholas Brittle's score is is very much like the show in that it's very unique and next level in terms of what it's bringing to Star Wars. There's a lot of diff because it feels Star Warsy, but it also has a lot of like new elements. Like there's a lot of synth there, uh, oh, yeah. built in with like stuff like drums and, and other stuff. Like there's a there's a um, there's a track that I can't wait to listen back to, like in uh, episode oh. three when the uh when the ship the the security core ship comes in and they start disembarking and you've got this mix of synth and drums oh. just like building the tension and i'm like oh, this is so good <laughs> it's been talked about to death but the ending music in the second episode with yes. the heavy drums yeah yeah kick ass kick oh, ass so, so good and there was so another good there's like i think it's a recurring uh leitmotif throughout the second episode but in particular, like when Luthen arrives on Ferrix in the second episode, I was just like, this music, like the music was swelling and everything. I'm like, this show is, and he's just looking out like on the rocks. I'm like, this show rules. Like I was just, there was a point in the second episode, like the first episode I was watching it and I was loving it and I was really getting into the characters. But I'm like, okay, we're like, we're moving pretty slowly here. Like we're just establishing like who all these characters are. I think there was a moment like midway through Cassian's convert first conversation with Marva where I was like, oh no, this this show is unreal. And I, I just I really, really dug everything in these episodes. But we have the 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 killing of uh this officer, both of these officers, and then Cassian ends up back on Ferrix, and we get introduced to uh, B two emo, who, who is uh, I love the theme. Our good boy. That they, yes. I don't know if it's his. I don't know if it's going to be B 2s actual theme, but like the introductory introductory music that they played for him when he was just rolling around on Ferrex was just like mm, incredible. I cannot wait to listen back to that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I love B two as well. Like again, we've been spoiled for droids, but I love his design. He feels. I love his design. Like and he talks. Yeah, and he stutters. We've never had that with a droid that like stutters regularly. Like you really get the sense that you know he's an old, he's an older model. He's been through a lot of stuff. And the thing I really find interesting that was pointed out to me by a friend of mine who was at the premiere, and he's like, "This isn't really a spoiler, but it's really interesting." And now I got, and I was like, "Oh, that's what he was talking about." Was the fact that like this kind of I don't know if it like canonizes it, but it really explicitly shows and tells us they're like it takes a lot of processing power for droids to lie oh yeah that's really interesting because that that more gets into the whole like overarching thing of droid ethics are they worth it are they just disposable all that whole stuff that we could do an entire episode on yeah, that's yeah, a, that, the implications of that are fascinating, especially when you like factor in other stuff like uh, L 3s uh, battle for droid for droid rights in Solo because they play that for comedy, but that is also like there is also some like heart to that, and it's just yeah, see, seeing that with like in relation to B two, 
and just Cassie and Karen for him. Like I'll I'll be yeah. it like begrudgingly is is just I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I wasn't expecting him to talk, but I, I I'm a big fan of it. Me oh yeah, no, I it feels so nat. Like it doesn't feel like off putting to me. They picked the best voice for him too. Like, yeah, who voices him? Uh, it is I, I, Dave Chapman. It's Dave, yeah, Chapman. Dave Chapman. He's been he's done a bunch of puppeteering for cool. Lucasfilm in the past. Gonna yeah. write that down. It, I thought it was gonna, like it was gonna, gonna be like someone down. like randomly big, just like oh yeah, it's uh, either like someone big and Lucasfilm like that's that's Dave again, or like if they get like insert big yeah. celebrity here to voice V two emo, but like. I, I lo- he's just I, I love I love his design and everything, uh, but I'm terrified for uh, him his odds of making it out of this series alive because we we have not last time we fell in love with a droid it didn't end well it yeah especially, especially one in relation to Cassian <laughs> yeah oh yeah yep K two obviously but I was, just referring to, I was just referring to Ned dude B. i've completely forgotten about k2 like the whole thing about like was oh, k2 gonna show up maybe it'll change but like these first three episodes i was just so engrossed into his current story yeah yeah like i love k2so he's he was my favorite in in rogue one but b2 so is a ride or die <laughs> yeah like, absolutely i want to see him in Ro- all- just put him in rogue one just do a special we're, edition or something if we're talking he's- ride or dies we need to talk about like uh bix yeah, that's a homie. <laughs> I, I love that I, guy. Also, I love I mean, it. Yeah, but like Bix is like the droid version of me. He's constantly. Uh, I mean, not Bix. B two. I'm getting ahead of myself. B two is like the droid version of me. He's just constantly on low power mode and just constantly just drained. It's just, it's just, it's just me. Um, just like me. Yeah, I'm just B2 getting ahead of millennial, myself. Millennial, the millennial droid. <laughs> I got Bix Kayleen on the mind again. What can I say, boys? It's been it's been a fun week. Um, and I can't yeah, blame you. Yeah, but let's let, can I. let's talk about Brasso real quick and just like, what would you call this workplace? Like a like a construction site or like a Probably. mining? Let me. Like, I think they get. I think there's like some sort of title for him for yeah. for Brasso. I don't know. Yeah, scrap. Yard, it's or scrapyard. Yeah, it's I, very, I got very, very lethal slash Braca vibes from this entire yes. planet. I was going to say Braca. We're thinking it was Braca, and I remember like a few people were asking me if it was Braca, and I'm like, no. I'm like, it says Ferrix. Like, yeah. I, well, no, no, before the show came out. Before the show, came yeah, out. with the trailers, yeah, yeah. Of but I know, I like, I think the Lego sets said that like that was the name of the. Planet. Oh, that's um, right, the Lego leaks. I love yeah, Lego. See, I hadn't leaks. seen the Lego. Those leaks. are always That's... the best types of leaks. Because they have just... the one Andor set, and I'm like trying to remember like what it is in relation to this episode. Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. Uh, I'm not but... gonna lie. I think Ferrix, in terms of like how effective is the world building is for each Star Wars planet, Ferrix is up there for me. Okay, so it looks like it's Cyril's ship. And the speeder, mm, and it's Luke right. and Cassian and Seer. Okay, so it's that makes it's sense. The, it's a climactic scene in episode three. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Brasso, and then we can get into uh, Cyril and uh, this this fucker. Who I'm just I'm sorry I'm I'm not I'm I'm not there yet, guys. I've seen <laughs> so much stuff, but I'm not I'm not there yet. Uh, I, I might be so. I might like him as a character. 
but like I will never I don't know if I'm gonna be like, oh, he's my kitty kitty meow meow, like uh some of my friends are. I'm sorry that you all had to listen <laughs> to me say that. Uh but I'm gonna just leave now. You're gonna leave now? Okay. Um Don, <laughs> we're just gonna we're no, gonna do this together. Um <laughs> but uh let's let's talk about Bressa. Like I, I just love how Cassian like just gives him specifically it's like, we we went back to your place. We were out drinking. And then Brasso just adds on to it. It's like, I was offended by... Yeah. Uh, you, dis- yeah. you disrespected <laughs> my choice of... You insulted my choice of bed beverage as something and something. I was offended by this. I was like... Like, the first time I watched that, again, 3 a.m. watch time, mm-hmm. I did not pick up on the fact that they were, like, making up a story. But the second time, <laughs> I was like, oh... Yeah. So yeah, uh, like, again, that whole scene. Don't watch these episodes at 3 a.m., folks. Or also to Disney Plus, don't release them at 3 a.m. Eastern yeah. Standard Time. You know, I mean, still release them. Nice. Still release them 8 a.m. for us, us folks over here in the UK. But yeah. like, yeah, I agree. 3 a.m. is like that's 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 a. That's a it's yeah. not it's fun. Rough. It is. Rough. It's not fun. It is Damn rough. West rough. I took a two-hour nap. It was, and I was wide awake, and like I didn't pick. I just. Oh, I was prepping. I was yeah. like, I'm staying up ready for this. But uh, anyway, but yeah, Brasso. I, I like how Brasso, Brasso at the end was, was like, so "Oh yeah, cool. you know, you better do some work." And we never, we never see Cassian do any work at this. I think someone here. described Cassian in terms of like this whole like, like uh, in terms of everyone he interacts with. I might, I'm paraphrasing here. Is like just the guy who everyone. No, I can't remember, but like it's very specific. Like I know I've seen it before in actual friend groups where it's like he's the guy that kind of like just mooches off of everybody and doesn't really pay them back, but it's like I would still take a bullet for him. Aww. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, he, he's that, that guy, feels rather accurate. <laughs> he's that guy that like the guy you work with that always calls off and gives like this really shitty excuse and everyone knows he's bullshitting. But they're not actually going to say anything because when he actually does show up, they just like him that much. Like yeah. that's Cassian, and, like, and he's effective yeah. too. Yeah, and we see him like owing like eight different people money. Uh, who's the, the the big guy? The Birth. big guy that the ah uh, that he recruits. He's just like, yeah, oh, what's up? I love it's that. Like, that scene uh, was great. I'm just like to stand here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All I had to do was stand here. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, and I love the way. I love the way Cassian tries to play mind games as well with the two of them. He's like, since when do you take orders from Nurchi? <laughs> it's like major burn to Nurchi there. But also I just love that, like, uh, is it is it, what's his name? Verth. Uh, Verth, yeah. Like, I, lo- I love his design. Like, we need... Verth. No, wait, not Verth. I don't know. It starts with a V. Let me look it up. I wrote it, it down is v, for... Yeah. I wrote it down for a trivia question. Yeah, but, like, his whole design is fascinating. I really yeah. want to know the, like, species that he is. Like, because he's... He's, he's so imposing. Urodel. Oh, that sounds sick. That does. Yeah, like I, I love his design and like the way he, like he's just, it's just really funny and it's really, it's a nice bit of humor in the episode because these are obviously like, these are aiming for kind Vetch. of. Wow, I completely butchered that guy's name. Vetch. Vetch. Wow. That's the name. Earth. What the I was going to say Vect, to be fair, which is like someone else. That's that's the guy. Also, from I love so, Nurchi. Like, I don't know why. He just seems like a cool dude. Like, yeah, like yeah, when he's not antagonistic, he seems just like a cool guy. He just seems like a yeah, really cool he, guy. Yeah, because he's trying to like he's trying to be threatening to like Cassian in that scene, but you, but you can tell can. that he's not really feeling it. Yeah, because no. like Cassian's just a he's a cool guy, but like he's got that kind of like vibe Cassian does in those scenes where like 
because Cassian is is rather self-centered at that point because he has a very specific goal. He just wants to get the hell off Ferrix and he's not really that bothered about like, you know, owing people money and stuff. So a lot of the stuff he's very kind of he's doing a bit of a Han Solo thing in those scenes where he's trying to like sort of like blow off these people and say, "Oh no, yeah, I, I have I have I haven't got the money at the moment. It's in play." You know, stuff like that. He's having to bullshit mm -hmm. a lot because he just like, wants to get the hell out of there. I got, I got him I got him pumped. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I love that Brasso. Oh, go ahead. And then I, I was going to say I that I love that Brasso, and that's why Brasso is such a homie because Brasso, Brasso backs him up with like no no need to be like pressed at all. He, he backs him up. He adds to his story. He actually makes the story sound more convincing. And then he says like, "Oh yeah, whatever's going on with you, you need to sort it." So he's like a true friend because he he rec he he helps Cassian out in a bind, but he also is like honest with him about like what. Uh, about what's going wrong with him and like also also at the end he helps him out again like i love that he got like to make a contribution like if that's if that's all we get of brasso all season i'll be happy with like uh how he was included and the actor as well i got a shot yeah can't remember the actor's name and i'm gonna like i'll uh, make sure i tweet I about it later right here Joplin i mean i know him from doctor who he Pain, was like, I believe is how you pronounce it. yeah, like he's a he's a British actor. He was in Do Doctor Who, uh, The Waters of Mars. That's what I know him hmm. from. But like, awesome. I mean, most British most British actors <laughs> will turn up in Doctor Who at some point. Like Andrew Garfield was in Series Three. Yeah, it's it's wild. But wait, what? Yeah, yeah, Andrew Garfield is in the third series of Doctor Who. It's in a story set in New York. Funnily enough with the Daleks and it was like wow. it's wild to look to look back on that and think yeah the doctor's like hanging out with Spider-Man was that pre-Amazing Spider-Man it was it was 2000 so that was aired in 2007 I was like five years before Andrew Garfield was was wow. like even wow. well, three years that was before, even he was before even social network so that was yeah before he like really popped off and like that's the same series that Carrie Mulligan is in as well so like wow. there are a lot of up-and-comers who and also like uh another actor as well uh the guy from Get Out. I know his name. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'm Daniel blanking. Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Thank you. Yes. He's oh, yeah. He was in, yeah. Yeah. Like he was guy. in Doctor Who as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's an actor. Awesome. Really, like, so it, it's just the stereotype that every British actor has been in either Harry Potter or Doctor Who just true. Like, is it? Is I can it just... neither confirm nor deny that rumor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. um, like, uh, I'll just say that it feels more like an inevitability, really. Now, why? Here's my question: Is why is the majority of Ferrex either British or Scottish? Like, I just don't, I don't understand. Like, like why is I that what they went with? I feel like the reason for that primarily is because it's filming in Pinewood. Cassian. Because a lot of the a lot of the show filmed in Pinewood, like around England, uh, when it was when it was first filming. Like, they felt I believe they filmed in Buckinghamshire and like Scotland as well. So, like, that's why you see a lot of scottish and british actors like filling up the supporting cast here which well, it makes a lot of sense but it's also like i mean it's cool for me as well like to see a lot more british people in star wars and also like oh, you no, know <laughs> that's Not that bad. one scottish guy yeah like that one scottish guy like you know he deserves a lot of props for getting the first uh uh shit in star wars yeah yeah <laughs> dude when he seat. said that i like i think because of i didn't that, notice it at first it just I came off naturally to me He's yeah, I think it came off so naturally for me too. I think it was like he said it and the fact that he was Scottish, I was just kind of like for a split second, I just forgot I was watching the Star Wars uh story. <laughs> like I did yeah. with when that happened. Like, I was like, oh wait, wow. We're so used to hearing like 
fictional swear words in Star Wars, like Carabast or Dank Ferric. There was or no Dank Ferric here. Yeah, I feel I like so it's, it's almost disarming to hear it the word shit. To sneak that into the Andor script, Tony Gilroy would have just been like, "Nope, nope, we're no, we're, we're doing no. the real." Oh thing yeah, no, no, no. That's probably what would have happened. Like Pablo or like any of the other story group members were probably just like, "Yeah, you could put it in this word," and Tony's just like. No, no, no. Let's just What's the say one shit? that they were trying to do in Book of Boba Fett? Like they were trying the the Star Wars version of that's the pot calling the kettle black. Like every time I hear it, I'm just like, what is this? If that isn't the quacker calling the stifling slimy, I, I hate it. I it just comes off <laughs> so forced. And every time they say it in Book of Boba it Fett, I'm just like, really, I'm like, does. what? What? I mean, it, like, it works best. <laughs> It works best when it's coming out of Tamir Morrison's mouth. Yeah, I'm that just imagining can make anything like, sound cool. I'm just imagining Tamir like needing like 30 takes just to get that right because he's like, what am I saying here? Like, he's like just... how do I, like, uh, Dave, John, are you sure like uh, this is the scene we want? <laughs> this is like, the line where I'm supposed to say. It's a terrible yeah, no, impression. I don't. I'm not a fan of that one, uh, and I'm glad it, it didn't it show does. up in here. Yeah. It's just yeah, but it doesn't I think... roll off the tongue. <laughs> So let, let's switch gears real quick from talking about uh, the Ferrix civilians to talking about uh, Cyril and the whole corporate police that he works for. Uh, and, and we get a, a glimpse right off the bat that, like, this is not the Empire. These are people that kind of kiss the Empire's ass. Yeah, try to, middle like, management. The, yeah, like the bootleg yep. Imperial. Uh, again, I think Cyril was described uh, as Dwight Schrute. Dude, he, he, he's got to stick up his ass. With a gun. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, like, immediately. The first time, like, you see this guy, it's like, okay, you can tell. What I do like about his character is, like, he truly believes that this is, like, that what he's fighting for means something. Or he truly believes yeah. in the cause. Now, I did describe this as, like, he's really buying into, like, the fascist propaganda Kind of like, and yeah. it's just Hitler Youth essentially is is what I've described it as. But yeah, there's it's definitely just, a vibe there. There's yeah. definitely a vibe of like, oh, he's indoctrinated by all of this stuff, and he truly believes in the Empire, uh, which is why when he, well, I think he's, I don't like him as a character, but like that's the one thing I notice. And then he notices right away, like when he puts in this report to his superior, and the guy's like, "All right, we got to cover this up." Who cares? Who cares? Just say, write up this incident report because it's like, okay, we can't have him. We, we can't say what it was because they're breaking all these protocols that like they're not supposed to technically do. So we got to make them seem yeah. like heroes. And then because like, it's really cool that whole sequence as well, because like it really kind of shows the like banality of like of, of of evil in a way like you like you see that they're like the corruption is there because oh, like yeah. his boss is oh, like trying to, his boss is trying to cover it up but there is like there's a genuine reason there because they don't want the empire sticking their neck in because and it really kind of like we've not even seen the empire at all in these first three episodes and yet no. you feel the empire's boot on the neck of the galaxy and it's it, it's evident not just in how like the the characters on ferrix field but also with these security people you know and cyril and that's what makes cyril interesting in that is that he is completely ignorant of that and it's like yeah. it's fascinating to go back to go to that conversation and then get to the end of episode three where like 
you know, you, he really you should know like, yeah, if, like the Empire came in there and they saw the ship that they're running, they'd be like, nope, you're uh, yeah, we're taking over, and yeah, like, uh, yeah, we're taking, we're taking then control they'd be screwed. here. I definitely yeah, think that, um, I can't there remember wouldn't be the any of the, that name. one guy, uh, eating noodles on the job. If <laughs> blue yeah. Noodles. yeah, that's great. I love I that can't... we got blue noodles finally. I'm really excited for the uh, one ISB female officer to show up because I feel like there's gonna yeah. be a lot of really good tension between her wait. and Cyril. And like, yeah, is her name has her? I assume her name's been revealed like Deidre before. Miro, I think is her yeah, name. it is Deidre. Okay. It is Deidre Miro. Yes, that's her name. Okay, yeah. but I'm like really Cyril, for her appearance. Cyril is an interesting guy. Like, like when I I was gonna like add at the end, like when he is standing there at the end of episode three after like Cassian has escaped. I could, I, you can tell that he's thinking, like, I should have listened to my, like, you could almost wonder if he's thinking if he should have listened to his boss because his boss turns out to be right in the end, like as as corrupt and uh, as that is. And also, I have to mention that guy, his boss is that that guy tends to pop up a lot in like uh, TV shows. He was in Game of Thrones and also in Doctor Who, but like, uh, wow, yeah, like we got again, a long run in so There's a there's a through line here. There's definitely yeah. a through line, uh, <laughs> but also yeah, and also like if we're talking like little cameos, there's also um, I can't remember again. I can't remember the name of the guy who uh, is at the shipyard, but that's uh, Jamie Tartstad from Ted Lasso. And I yep. I, I kind Pegla. of thought it's, is I it that guy? Name yeah, like Pegla. Pegla. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, the guy. This guy it's looks. A, it's familiar. a very Star Wars. The, name. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. Like I was doing the same thing. Like like I know him. Like something about his demeanor and like his weird passive aggressive attitude. Like some something there. And then I was like, oh yeah, of course it's of course it's Jamie Tartstad. Yeah, of course it's yeah. But yeah, the one serial scene I also do like is like when he's like, oh, "Do you change your uniform?" It's like. Yeah, made a, oh, some made a few pockets piping and some light tailoring. Yeah. There's right. pockets out there, sir. Wow. Pockets, pockets are fermenting. That's <laughs> one of my favorite lines just because of how it's, it's delivered. It's such a good line. Fermenting, sir. Pockets are fermenting. Like, I love that guy as well. Like, I, don't, I like, really hope we see more of him just because yeah. he's, for me at least, just because he's Scottish. And just <laughs> a, a Scottish bad guy in Star Wars is like yeah. just ripe. For some of the best lines ever, I feel like Tony yeah. Gilroy had such a time with writing his dialogue because he's like, "This he's, guy's just gonna fucking eat it up." Yeah, yeah like he's yeah. he's very much like uh, Adrian Edmondson's character in The Last Jedi, in that he's you get the sense he's more competent than Cyril, and he but like here, this guy is like really nudging Cyril into like into Dude, like such confronting a Dick him. Rider. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He really is because you can tell he's like itching to like go and like catch this guy, and he knows that Cyril is liable to suggestion because like Cyril is so in over his head. It's 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 it would be funny if there wasn't like such dire consequences. Yeah, no, he's definitely one of the ones that also is drinking the Kool Aid and is just more fanatical about it, or at least very openly fanatical about it. And then we see a lot of parallels. Uh, with this corporate police of uh, the unfortunate things that is present with profiling in real world police. Uh, specifically, I mean, there's there's a big scene in, in the third episode and a lot of just yeah. the, the small bits of dialogue. We even saw this at the beginning in the first five minutes. But Scrano the, was what they yeah. called Andor. Yeah, and they're like, mm. oh, uh, dark-skinned 
Canary male. And it's just yeah. like with the profiling and it's like, all right, pull up every single one that fits that. And then they eventually find Cassie and Andrew. And I'm like, I'm getting uncomfortable here, but I think that's yeah. very much the point. And oh, hats off to Tony Gilroy for having the balls to have a immigrant coded story in exactly. Star Wars. And they're not yeah, subtle. No punches with it. And I, I exactly I, I think it's incredible. And it kind of it puts like it puts uh the whole idea to rest that like you have to be subtle with something in order for it to be good. Like there, there's Star nothing Wars has never been like, subtle. No, no, exactly. No. And that's why it's this great is a often. running joke with the podcast. Every time someone shows up with like uh general loathsome. Uh no one here like that. <laughs> Who was also but- Scottish. Yes, you're a stalling General Kenobi. Might we have some refreshments? Um, throw back to the first episode of the show. Um, was there a line, or am I making this up? Where it's like, where they're talking to either Cassian or Bix, and they ask, like, "Oh, did did you swim over here?" Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was one of the two Cassian. Yeah, it was to Cassian. Like, yeah. The, yeah, did you swim over here or something? And it's like, I didn't. I didn't understand. Again, first watch through didn't think of it it was a throwaway line to me but like second watch through and i think someone tweeted about it i was like oh that is uh fucking bad bro um like it's so grounded in top in in well it's not just like topical in like a superficial sense it really takes a lot of like political issues of like today and it's already weaving them into the story in like really organic ways and like tying it to like you know what leads to a rebellion and it really like builds to like we even really, see like, it with the uh, third episode when tim gets yeah gets off like oh. i know we all hate tim we I haven't even talked yeah. about him yet like, but like tim but, is not like, the most getting, well-liked guy like, him getting <laughs> off i was like this shouldn't have fucking happened like what the mm. fuck i have yeah. i have my thoughts on that and the fact that oh, the fact that they too. like I don't want. I don't know what the right word is, but like basically arrested, uh, Bix for some reason, and it's like, yeah, all right, it's kind of yeah. sus. Yeah, very. Um, but it's almost of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, I was just gonna say. Speaking of three AM watching, the one thing that I didn't catch in my first walk watch through. Because a lot of Andor's plot in or Cassian's plot in these three episodes revolves around the box that he gives to Luthen in the third episode. He's trying to give. Did they show or say how he got it? Or is it just implied that he stole it from the Empire before the opening scene of the show? Yeah, it's in, it's implied that well he, he, okay. says, he, he says to Luthen like, when he got it ships, myself. I yes. But, I yes. thought he like stole it in the not in the I don't shipyard. Know Stole, yeah, I thought he stole it in like the first five minutes of the episode. I don't know. I thought it was implied like maybe he got I I because that was the one thing where I was like, did I miss a scene or or something, or is it just like one of the, the combos with Bix that I just miss a line? Uh but I think let's transition because I've somehow lasted uh almost 45 minutes without talking about uh Bix. So we all have gloves off. Yeah. Um, you can see my name if you're watching on video right here. Um, yeah, my, yeah, my new mm. favorite. <laughs> yeah. She's very like, like overall thoughts about Bix. Overall right thoughts here. about no thoughts, just love. Yeah. Um, just like, yeah, just love for Bix. <laughs> indeed. Um, like, I just, she's like, 
there's there's the obvious caveat that she's really attractive, but like also the fact that like she's really tough, she's really like yeah. I don't want to say feisty. I feel like that's not the right word here. I feel like that's inappropriate here. This is yeah. not inappropriate, but it just doesn't feel like the right word to use here. She's very like right capable off the bat, you can tell yeah world. how capable Ca and like yeah. She yeah, just takes she's so like every scene. She's it, the it one who is like, uh, she's already like, because we see in the story, she is already like involved with Luthen. She's already like interacting yeah. with him, and you get the sense that she was maybe like, I, we obviously are going to see more of her as the show goes on. I'm like oh. certain of it, but like I, I get the sense. They better not kill her. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm still not over Tala. I don't want to lose Bix as well. But like you know. I get the sense that she is so she's way more involved with the rebellion already. And she's already, she already has that kind of like drive to like fight back. And I love that. She's that like one really of the, cool. she really is one of those characters who doesn't like, who isn't, is like so done with Cassian's bullshit, but she, you can tell that she also cares about him yeah. on a very deep level, even if like tell, they're no, not a couple, which is, which is interesting. We've never had like an ex couple or like as, as like yeah. the main the main sort of male female pairing of a show like you know the closest we've got to like an x of a character in like live action is uh oh, yes live action. yes but like live action i was talking about like the twilight um that i'm blanking on names all the time in this in this episode episode uh um the twilight uh who appears in that one episode of mando during the jail break oh like, yeah heavily... what's her name yeah yeah oh, i know who you're talking about like, exactly who you're talking by, about. Uh... The actress who uh, from was she was in she was Tonks in Harry Potter and she's in Game of Thrones. Uh, Natalie N Natalia Tena, that's I her name. Yeah, could not tell you the name of her character, but I yeah. know exactly you're talking about. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I know. I love it. Like, there's definitely some history there. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the tension's still there. Like, I was oh, like yeah. that first scene where they're like, I think Bix or Cassian's kind of cornering her, like in their. Yeah, uh, in the shop. Is, yeah, shop. I was just like, all right, hold on. I'm gripping my I'm gripping yeah. my chair real quick right now because I'm <laughs> getting into it. Screaming like, already shipping it. And then fucking Tim comes out of the are we betting on the race? I'm like, you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, are we betting on the Wilbani jump? Are they were we betting on the Wilbani yeah. run? And I'm like, ah fuck Rogue you people who are like, oh, there's no references. Oh my god. Like, but yeah, no like Easter eggs, guys, right? None. Like no Easter eggs. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, my no new Easter way of like breaking like tense moments now. As I'm just gonna come out, it's like, are we betting on the Robani run? <laughs> just, just the yeah. look on his face just walks into shot. I'm like, dude, I don't like you. Like already, <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, you can tell like, he's you're like, with this guy. I'm yeah, like, you're like, this dude is a de was definitely punching. I didn't like oh, this yeah. man before he snitched. I was like, I don't like this fucking guy. Yeah, because you could just tell that he's just like bristling with jealousy for, yeah, for like over Cassian. Because like this, and this is the thing about uh, Tim. Because I'm not gonna like defend him necessarily. Because I like you know I appreciate that he is still written as like a three dimensional character where you can at least understand why he might feel that way. Because he clearly cares about Bix a lot. He, like he clearly feels for her, but he's also overcome with jealousy because like. He sees, like, it's obvious that Bix hasn't quite opened up to him yet, probably because she gets the sense that this is a guy who might do shit like this, you know? Mm -hmm. So he might not be 100% like worthy of trust, but like, you know, 
he sees that she is open with Cassian in a way that she isn't with him for, yeah. for good reason, it turns out. And uh, he, he wants what she has with Cassian, e even if they're like, yeah, even if there's like a barrier between them at the moment. There's the like, scene, I think it's in this episode, maybe it's in the second one where she's going off to, I think, contact Luthen and he keeps trying to follow her and eventually yeah, she's yeah. lost episode. in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just like, he very clearly feels shut out and it leads to him snitching and that fucking rat bastard. But immediately I'm just like something. I don't like this guy. Like, and it was, yeah. it wasn't even the fact that it was, Oh, I want her with Cassian and not, uh, well, that's part of it, but that's yeah. a lot of it, but it was just like something immediately. I'm like, you have a very punchable face, my dude. Yeah. And just very untrustworthy vibes with Cassian where he's just kind of ribbing him about uh, being with Bix. And uh, he's like, I'm tired of hearing that. And I'm like, dude, go away. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I, love, I love Cassian's reply. Like, oh, you, then you need to like find yourself a less complicated woman, which is yep. like, it's, it's yeah. Which brings me back to like, to Bix and stuff. Cause like, you know, uh, I actually know it, knew the actress from like a previous project, like Adria Ajona. She was in Good Omens. Morbius. She was really good in that. Yeah, like she plays she a character called Anathema Device. Uh, you know, and just to like keep the Doctor Who gag running, like that was a show that starred David Tennant, Professor Hu Yang, also the Doctor. But like, you know, yeah, she she was really good in that. Like she's she's a revelation here. Like I see her like getting so like just like becoming like a superstar after yeah. this. It, like, it's, she's... Bad that, it's bad that the first thing I saw her in was Morbius, which wasn't good. Oh, um, see, I keep forgetting but, she's in Morbius. Yeah, That's she's so the, the main love interest in that, and she was yeah. fine yeah. in that, but like nothing like unspectacular, just like generic female romance lead yeah. that eventually might do something if there's a Morbius do, which there won't be. I mean, she has to but, share the screen with Jared Leto. With so Jared like, Leto. Um, you know, but then no the, another do Doctor Who connection with Matt Smith. Um, and yeah. then almost a Star Wars connection. Uh, but he got cut from Rise of Skywalker. Or was he yeah. never even cast? Like, I still don't even know the full story behind it. It's him. a mystery to this Matt day. Smith <laughs> is like, oh, he's in. Not, oh, he was cast, but he wasn't. Oh, he shot his scenes, but he didn't. There was like, a whole point where I thought he was Ochi, like like where I looked at Ochi and I was like, "Is that Matt Smith? Is that like no, Matt Smith?" Yeah, there were several points was, in that movie where I was just trying to figure out, okay, what character is, is Matt Smith playing here? I was like, "Is he Claude? Is he is he Bully?" But then I realized my guy Bulio was Mark Hamill. So just the thought of like Matt Smith just like showing up to Bulio like, shouldn't have died. And just like everyone talks no, about like. When like, the war, like I was like talking about, like bringing Ben Solo back. Fuck, fuck Ben Solo in this case. Bring back Bulio. <laughs> Bring. I, I remember. I think my first time watching it, like during the 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 Sheev fight with Ray and Ben at the end. I'm like, okay, so is some random like Sith, other Sith gonna show up, and it's gonna be Matt Smith? I'm just like, where is he in there? Because I don't think he's shown <laughs> up yet. And it's like, no, he just yeah. wasn't in the movie. Or I was like, is he gonna be Ray's dad? And then. Yeah, and then it's nope. like, and it's the the big attention getter is more like Jodie Comer is like as her mom, who I'm in my head canon is still that she's a secret Kenobi. Um, the, no one's taken that away from me, like until Lucasfilm decides to wreck on it. She's Obi Wan and Tala's. Oh wait, no, no, Tala's dead. Never mind. I was gonna say daughter, but no, that, that, oh, no way. That <laughs> Andrew. Not, that's me not knowing how biology works. Um, <laughs> but I think we should save the overall discussion of the flashbacks until yeah. like one big one when we get to the third episode 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I do just real quickly just want to say I love how they're shot. I love the way that there's very little dialogue. I love the way that there's no subtitles. There's no subtitles. That's the, such a bold choice as well. Yeah, because like you get and and it's done in such a way where you can get what they're saying to each other without needing to like subtitles. understand like, what they're exactly saying. Listen to how they're listen to sort of their tone of their voice, and then just look at like their body language. I was like, "Damn, Tony, I love this." Now here, good writing. I have a question for you guys. This might be a, a case of making the universe smaller which I know a lot of us aren't for. Do you think Bix is also from the same tribe that Cassian is from? Or do you think that they just have a some other kind of past history? See, I I don't think so because uh because of what later transpires with Marva. But like it's very possible she could be. And yeah, because I'm just like, the oh, planet. they're the only two people in Ferrix yeah. of like Latin origin. Well, we are uh, getting more flashbacks. Like, yeah, we like we, there's still we a lot see... of scenes from the trailers yeah. that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, because we we know that there's like scenes of Cassian clean shaven, which are meant, clearly meant to be him younger. So yeah. we're probably going to see like how he meets Bix and how they none you know, of the clone how they know stuff has shown up yet. It's not like Obi Wan, where by like the end of Episode Three or Four, we're like, okay, everything Where's from the here flashbacks? on out is. Uh, is fair game because we don't like we've gotten all the scenes in the trailers so far. That's true. Yeah, because that, also, I mean, that's what happens when you have twelve episodes. You yeah, you you can stagger the footage out exactly. You've got so much more to work with, and that's like we we've had three episodes for the premiere, and we still have another nine. That's incredible. Yeah, it's like the show is done in a way. We brought up Slowburn. It's done in a way like Luthen didn't show up until almost the end of the second episode. Mon Mothma. There's nothing with her in these episodes. Exactly. And at first, I was kind of thrown off. I'm like, is she just not going to be in any of these? But I kind of like it because it gave yeah. this full three episodes to just to be about Cassian and his adopted exactly. home and, and yeah. establishing who you know Marva is and, and bringing in Cyril's role in the story, which I really loved. And because they have the 12 episodes, they have more room to do it, and it doesn't feel like filler or – or padding or anything like that. It no. just feels like a natural way of introducing these characters. Because I do think it would have been kind of forced if they just randomly in episode one was like, all right, let's let's cut to Coruscant right now and just yeah. talk about Mon Mothma, who has no connection to Cassian yet. I think it like now that we've introduced the rebellion in the third episode, now it makes more sense to show Mon yeah. Mothma. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first scene we see in episode four is her on Coruscant. That was my exact thought when we when I finished watching all three episodes. I was like, "All right, so we're getting like Imperial Senate stuff next episode," which makes a lot of sense because, like, I think it's quite clear that Luthan Rail has like connections to Mon Mothma, like because there's been like there's I know there's footage of the two of them interacting in the trailer, and there's that like there's now freeze frame photo of like him in Mon Mothma's office with with what looks like basically Plo Koon's mask. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, because you know they they said there's no Easter eggs, so like, no, no, that's not an Easter egg. I mean, we're Sorry. we're clowning on that a lot, but like, I I I think it's it's interesting that like a lot of people misinterpreted what he said, like I Tony Gilroy, well, in yeah. that interview, because like what he was actually saying was like, you know, we strive to make any connective tissue like like feel organic to the story. You know, he says I always wanted it to be protein, 
where it's yeah. it doesn't take away it doesn't feel like indulgent it feels like something that has that naturally fits into the story which is like you know it's what you should aspire to make any kind of like fan service whether it's like a cameo or like a little easter egg so like you know if it if it fits within the story that's that's a wise decision to do it you shouldn't just do it because like it'll it, fans will like it although for the record Cassian wielding a briar pistol is awesome and it's like my favorite yeah. bit of like easter egg stuff in the in the things i've played jedi knight uh jedi knight jedi outcast so many like so much as a kid it was like my it was probably the game i played the most of like star wars and like so seeing that represented it was just it's kind of cool i liked it yeah definitely give me like give I, me a give me a tingle yeah the thing that i the, the grace randolph thing doesn't make any sense to me because she was like oh yeah there's no easter eggs and there wasn't rogue one and then the thing she lists is like death star darth vader i'm like those aren't easter eggs rogue those are grace. main portions of the movie you, that's not what an yeah. easter egg is that's like it's main like when people plot and characters yeah it's like oh it's yeah like fun people started calling all star yeah, it's like when people started it's calling the all of those, about like appearances in the Bad Batch in the in Bad Batch season one. They started calling them cameos. It's like no, those aren't cameos. They are guest spots. Yeah. They're like guest stars. Yeah, Grace Randolph needs is. to be deplatformed. Yeah, like yeah, no more. Like yeah, Grace Randolph. Yeah, for sure. Like I, white women just need to be stopped. Yeah. What did she say? Like, like oh, I need I need these shows to do this because I then I this is my job to talk about these Easter eggs. I'm like. I'm sorry, what? Like, I don't mean to be this guy, but if that's your job, that's a, find, a new, find a new You one. gotta get a better job. Yeah. Yeah, like, find you know, a new one. Like, don't I just feed don't. into the whole Kathleen the of, Kennedy yeah, the internal like, oh, war at Lucasfilm bullshit. This show doesn't you know? interest me uh, just because I, I don't care about Cassian or something. I'm like, don't watch like, it. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, one, don't watch don't, it. Don't Two, watch it's like, we're, not we're the people that are like making such a huge deal about like, I'm not gonna cover Andor and then do this like eight po pay or like tweet like description of why they're not going to cover it or like they make this massive yeah. video about it. I'm like, here's a thought: just don't and just yeah, don't like, make don't videos watch, about it. Don't you, you don't, don't like, like it? That's make fine, a dude. Huge scene like trying to get like sympathy reaction or something. Like I don't understand it. Like yeah, how simple is? Oh, we're just not gonna do. Like, if we just decided, hey, we're not going to cover Andor, either we just say, right, like, hey, like, we're just not going to do Andor discussions like we did Obi-Wan, and we'd leave it at that. Or we do Rift one big thing at the end. with this one. It's just, I don't understand that. But episode one was awesome. It was, it was, I, I loved how it, it just was structured and everything. Episode two, I thought was even better. Uh, but then we got to get to... I believe the beginning of this episode. Um, fucking Tim, I just <laughs> this oh, this Tim. mother. Okay, that's gonna get clipped. Just yeah, the fucking Tim. That's getting clipped. fucking Tim. <laughs> they Tim. so Andor's whole like mugshot or wanted sign or poster by like the virtual wanted poster. By the corporate police is posted, or the description of him is, and there's a big thing uh, that that Cassian and Marva have this conversation, which we're going to talk about of how Cassian is doesn't uh, list his birthplace as Canary; he lists it as 
His Ferrix is kind of like something he keeps secret. It's fest. Fest. Oh yeah, my so, bad. Yeah. Because which this is the interesting thing, like because they're not on they're not on Fest. They're on like they're on the different planet, which is so I. That's what I find really interesting. That's yes. the thing they they made it so clever, because in the Rogue One Visual Dictionary, if you don't yeah. know, the Rogue One Visual Dictionary lists Cassian's homeworld as Fest. Exactly. Yeah, so technically, technically, it's not a retcon. Technically, yeah, you could are it. Yeah, it's not a retcon at all. It's just the most clever way of making sure that information is still within canon without making it without actually taking it out. Now the like, other yes, thing that it's was like in the, the, I believe, was in the Rogue One Visual Dictionary. Maybe it was in Catalyst. Was the fact that Cassian came from separate as parents so are we going to find out that marva and i'm sorry what clem are we going to find out that they were separatists this man's or, name is clem wow. yeah they make sure and to the, say they are fleeing but it's like the, separatist the name tags, but so it's probably just disguised or whatever i don't know we'll yeah, find they refer to one of the dead command or soldiers as a republic officer and yeah. they're fleeing from the republic so I, I don't know sure what thought they we were going to get like a shot of a Venator like coming in at the very end of the episode as like Marvel yeah, makes I'm a getaway. I'm assuming in the we're going to find out more, and I don't think this is it for the stuff because they do say Definitely that Canary not. was destroyed in a mining disaster yeah. by the Empire. So clearly, yeah, we're going to see some occupation stuff happening there. Mining disasters some... are the best cover-up story for the Empire. It happened with Edu. It happened here. Yeah. It happened with Kanar. With Jeddah. we're gonna we're gonna see a Jeddah, lot more. Not Edu. Uh, I said Edu. Wow. Yeah, Jeddah. Thank you. I mean, they probably gave the same excuse for Edu because that yeah. like that whole place went kablooey thanks to the Alliance. So we're gonna see a lot more uh, uh, colonialism conversations happen in these. Uh, future episodes yeah. especially uh, with like the uh the way that they have the the, the way they all pre present that whole tribe is interesting as well like the way that they have like the very clear like native paint. inspiration yeah with the war paint like because i just i i've seen prey so like i i recognize exactly what that was i was like ah, i see the coding you're going for and it's i need it's to really watch cool. that because of amber midhunter she's just seems she, really cool i she do is really awesome. want to watch prey Prey, I okay, really you guys it. need to watch Prey as soon as possible. It kicks so much ass. It's literally in my, it's in my top 10 of the films of all time this year because it's just, it's so good. It, it's a, it's it's the best Predator film, like, since the first one. Like, I, like it, it even does things for me that are better than the original Predator. It like, can't it's, be any worse than it, the, uh, the Shane Black one. That was awful. I haven't seen that one. I have seen Predator 2. I, I, I watched eaters. Predator 2 recently. Not my favorite sequel, for sure. Like I've Predator never seen 2. Predator Two, and I've never seen the what's the one that came out with? Uh, isn't Topher Grace? Robert it? Rodriguez directed that one. That one's Predators. That's I've so that's on Disney that Plus. That that and the first two Predators are on Disney Plus. The one thing of the one thing I will say about Predator Two, don't watch Predator Two. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about it is I'm just, not going to say anything just, about it. Just skip to like just skip to Predators. Like you'll be better that's, off. That's what me. we should have done with the. Uh, the Goldie episodes of, of Clone Wars is, you know, the one thing we'll say about it is don't watch it. And then the, the end of the episode. Predator 2 is the Goldie episodes of, of, <laughs> of like the Predator the, franchise. Of franchise. <laughs> the only hard, good yeah. things in those episodes was the fact that R2 bodied Goldie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that and Ahsoka, like fighting Grievous. Like fighting yeah. Grievous. Yeah. 
We don't need to like rehash like oh, the Goldie episodes. You but know, anyway, we need to rehash though. Tim ratting out Cassian like the little <laughs> rat bitch he is. I don't like also, this man. And I then love... they have the gall to right after this. I think it was in the same episode. Maybe it was in the third episode. I'm getting. They're all blending in. They make us deal through a Tim sex scene. Damn you, Tony Gilroy. I don't want to see that rat bitch with my woman. Oh, How dare you? It was like, what, like I'm Team so impressed. Cassian all the way. I yep. was so impressed with what they were able to convey with that scene. Like, just her taking off her jacket indicates, like, so much of, like, what's going to happen. You're like, oh, okay. Like, like, and I just, I, it's amazing that, like, they didn't even have to, like, you know, they didn't have to, like, have a gratuitous shot of like Adriana Jonah no. like like taking taking her clothes off like it's just to. it's just yeah exactly the jacket and the way she she takes it takes off the jacket just conveys so much and I also I also have to mention the actor who plays Tim Tony Gilroy is like, a respectful man yeah like yep. the writing is really it's really clever writing and direction like I I I'm forget the name I've got the name in my notes like the director. To Toby the first Haynes. three episodes, yeah, he, who's, who's, yeah, yeah, he's he's really good because he really he's able to get the like intricacies of the script across, like with the way the characters like interact with each other, but like also like the the performance he gets out of the actor who plays Tim is fascinating. is really interesting because like you get the sense like from the moment Tim rats out Cassian, he knows he's messed up, he knows he's done, like he knows the moment Bix finds this out, she will not want anything to do with him. And he, and like he's standing there, like you you get the sense that he knows he should tell her, but he can't bring himself to because like in the moment he does, he'll lose her, and that's it. And it's just it's a fascinating thing to see happen with a character that like, you otherwise you don't really like. You don't the really I, liked him, but you kind of yeah, pity him in a way. Like At least him, that's how I felt. But you definitely even even at the end when Bix feels very betray, uh, betrayed by him. She's you can definitely tell that she cares a lot for him. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just even loved how the scenes start. I okay, was it in episode two or episode three? Because I, I feel like I'm jumping ahead here. I think it was in the second episode. Uh, but like she comes in, it's like, Oh, I couldn't sleep. It's like, is it too late to come in? And then like one thing leads to another. Was this our first ref live action reference of, of calf, by the way? Yes, I think, it, I think it was. so. Yeah. Okay. This is how much of a nerd I am for Star Wars that, like, I heard Calf mentioned, and I was like, "Yes." I'm like, "Oh, there <laughs> like, we go." I've been, I've been reading it so many times, like, just to hear it mentioned is like, it's, it's so gratifying. It's just and like, it's like oh. it, it fits like actually like someone it. I read a tweet like that said, uh, "Star Cassian like the Andor show." Is feels a lot like a Star Wars novel adapted into live action. Yeah, and I totally, I totally team. agree with that great because team. you have the, you get the intricacies and the day to day lives of the characters here, and that's what makes these first three episodes really special. Because, like as you said, we get we get the whole sense of this community on Ferrix, and we get the intricacies and the day to day lives of like of Bix and and Tim and like Vetch and 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 even Cassian as well. Like we see. We get a sense of their lives. It really, it feels the most lived in of all the Star Wars Disney Plus shows. Like I love Obi Wan, and I think uh, Mando and Boba Fett are really, really good. 
well, Mando is really good. Boba Fett has its Book of Boba Fett has its issues, but that's a, that's for another episode. But like, you know, this by far is the most lived-in feeling. It really feels like there is so much more going on in this in the world of this show that beyond just the screen. And that's like yeah. that really gets at the heart of what what makes Star Wars so appealing because like that's what made a New Hope like such a like. A, massive thing and when it came out in 77 like you had like all of this other stuff that just like there's these little additions in the background that that feel like wait what there's like a devil in the bar there's a wolfman there's all these other like weird aliens and these like Fucking wolfman, and stuff yeah. that that you could fill like a whole book with yeah and they're and just like, there in the background they're just there and they just act like it's perfectly normal and i think that's the yeah appeal of the Star Wars universe is like there's all this stuff, yeah. but they don't act like it's like yeah. otherworldly or like and all this other sci-fi stuff. Like, it's there. That's just how it is. And then you have yeah. these real world, like these real world characters in there that you can follow. And like some of them might be humans, and some of them might be this insane alien species. But we're not going to make jokes about like, oh, you're like a like an alien or something. Like yeah, isn't that kind of like, weird? Like. I like Chewie is just the there, galaxy, and he's introduced. But like, and they make there's no there's no lampshade hanging. There, yeah. and that's what's like kind of special about Star Wars. It doesn't need to lampshade hang because of like the way this universe exists. Yeah, it's exactly. like, you know you're a weird. giant furry yeah. Wookiee, right? And it's like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, the closest like, we have got is literally <laughs> Leia's joke about Chewie. Would somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I went on my uh, Tim rant. It might not be my last one, too. Uh, but I, again, so we get introduced to a couple characters in this episode. We obviously get introduced to Luthen later, and I love his introductory scene, like I said. Uh, but we also get introduced to someone that we talked about earlier, which was the other officer uh, for, in uh, Cyril's division. The Scottish guy that that has the potty mouth. Uh, like we Pockets. talked about his, yeah. I love his introductory scene. It's it's just perfect because they're just going through uh, everything, and he just shows up, and then uh, eventually, when we get to the the speech on the ship, I think that's next episode. Just great stuff. Great stuff. The cringe. He just gives like the most like, like cliche like military tightly wound yeah. speech. And then it's like, yeah. all right, Captain, are you gonna say anything? Um, uh, God damn it, I'm, Cyril. Yeah, I'm. That's uh, all I could say. Like, I'm glad to be this fighting this with you. Let's I was gonna say it. about like about Cyril. Like Cyril is like the the thing about Cyril is Cyril. You, this is why you hire Kyle Soller to play this exact kind of character because like i know him from poldark he played uh the character francis and he has that exact energy you need for like someone who really wants to be who really believes in something and really wants to be the best at something but just but just isn't like you know he just he just knows that he, a character who knows deep down that he's in over his head but wants desperately to be on a on a higher playing field yep definitely uh and i just i don't know that 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 whole dynamic with all the officers and stuff i, I do really like it because again you can tell that like 
the the Scottish guy whose name I'm forgetting and Cyril, like they are such on their own high horse and they're so entrenched in the uh, Imperial indoctrination, uh, even though they're not directly working for the Empire. And then all the other people are probably just like, yo, we just work here. Like we're, we're just we're just trying to make a living here. Uh, and then they're just caught up in all of this. Uh, but those bastards did something in the third episode, so they can they can all go to hell for all I care. Um, but we do see th- this whole episode, we kind of are building towards Cassian's escape plan. Uh, and then we see uh, him try to lie to, to B2 at one point. Uh, and then we have the conversation with Marva, his adopted mother, uh, played by Fiona Shaw. And she kills it in these episodes, not just in the flashbacks, but just in like the real time scenes too. I yeah. love this first scene. There was, there was a moment again, I, I talked about it earlier where they're, they're having a conversation and Cassian just slowly, slowly, like his register gets louder and he starts tensing up. And I'm like, this is such a powerful scene. And then mm-hmm. that moment where he's going through all the people that he might've uh, shared his original origin with, all of his like female like cohorts in the past, and B two mentions Bix, and he just screams like she is not a part of this, and I, I just mm. thought it was such a powerful scene because again, they haven't directly said anything about their past yet, but you can just tell like the deep history that the two characters have, and to me that makes yeah. it way more compelling. And I'm like, yep, I hope, exactly. I hope it works out with these kids at the end, and it uh, gives him a, it gives Cassian a sense of honor, doesn't it? because like you know yeah. he's been up he's to this point he's been something anyone under the bus and the writing is like yeah that and that's what's clever about the writing because like you it would be so easy to to risk falling into the territory where like cassian seems like a weasel because he's trying to get away constantly but instead it, it, it's written so that he's instead much like han solo more of a scoundrel which yeah. is like exactly the kind of archetype you want for him given this moral grayness that the, the show is aiming for which is another reason it's it feels so unique in Star Wars. I'm glad they didn't go in the direction that maybe other shows would have gone in, where like, they have this conversation and like, Cassian just makes himself think that Bix like, ratted him out, and then that would have led to some tension between yeah. them. I'm glad they didn't go in that direction. But there's no there's no stupid misunderstanding yeah, and there's stuff no, like, like that. Oh, but, like, how dare you? Forced. It's like, I didn't yeah. do anything and then it's revealed and like, Tim's like, oh, that was me. Yeah. Uh, which, the one thing I do actually appreciate about these episodes and this might change later but cassian never finds out about tim that's right and he never finds out that tim dies unless there's a scene that we haven't seen yet uh because is with bix and cassian because we just see them him and luthan just hightail it out of there at the end so cassian has no idea this even happens uh he just knows about the, the the police coming but you know the Marv one thing i want to talk about with uh just the really 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 cool thing was how when tim was typing in the information of like i can't even remember what it was but like it was in arabesh on the screen and then it popped up but then it popped yes. up in Eng- and translated yeah. into english and i'm like that's really yeah. cool and i want really more cool. star wars stories such a that. cool graphic yeah it's such a cool graphic to like to to do that because like yeah, I mean, I know shows like Sherlock have done it, and it's again, it's a really cool way of just like bringing some like modern 
modern TV, modern TV, like modern directorial techniques into like into Star Wars, and that's what made Rogue One really cool because Rogue One brought a lot of modern war movie style tech filmmaking techniques to Star Wars, and Andor is continuing that. There's a lot of shaky that, cam. Yeah. It's a lot of intimate shots with like the characters, you know, it feels very much like that. And I was going to kind of like make a comparison between like Cassian and Jin because of where they are in their stories. Yes. So the comparison I was going to make was that like Cassian is very much like Jin here because he doesn't really believe in a cause yet. And that's what's interesting here. You're seeing someone who is wholly out for himself for the most part, even, you know, he's a good person at heart. Because he still he cares enough about his like his loved ones to not throw them under the bus, but he also very much is like I I just want to go and do the I I just am laser focused on doing this thing. I don't have any grander aspirations or like I'm I don't, I'm not wedded to a cause. It's it's like when Jin says in Rogue One like oh all the the alliance all it's brought me is pain, and it's a similar thing with Cassian because as we see in the flashbacks like he was. He was taken off of his homeworld, brought onto like a planet that was at odds with like the main governmental power, and then it comes into conflict with the Empire. It's just he's been brought into like a he was brought into a world that he had no control over. And he's all he's known since then is like pain and, and difficulty. Exactly. I really agree with everything you said there. And it, it just I love the way that they've set up Cassian's story in these episodes. Yeah. Of just having him be like someone doing his own thing, just trying to survive, having to you know, manipulate and, and steal from certain sects. And we have that conversation with him and Luthen in the third episode about stealing from the Empire and how that's just always just been something. It's like stealing from anyone else. Uh, <laughs> that and- conversation is one of the best conversations in Star Wars. Like the way. Diego Luna. Like, that's like one of the, that's like such a great performance from Diego Luna and, and Diego also Luna. from Stellan Starsgard. Unreal, man. He I love the so line. Good. You just walk in like you belong. Yes. yes. What do you need? Like some some uh, an imperial an outfit, some dirty hands, and an imperial toolkit. They're so proud of themselves. They don't even care. They're so fat and satisfied. I just I love it. It's so like it encapsulates the Empire and just any fascist regime and like any dominant power every like generic imperial officer we met in any story arrogant skin over themselves arrogant yeah thinks they're above everyone just great and i i I loved that uh and and that's the thing because like there's there's again a risk that this show could fall into like you know grim dark territory where everything's nihilistic and bleak and what's amazing is the writing finds this undercurrent of hope throughout the whole thing. And, and yet, even though you have this rather sad ending where Cassian has to flee his home, he is, and, and like he's just escaping by the skin of his teeth. And you still, and you see that, you know, Tim, you know, lose his life uh, very violently. You still have this undercurrent of hope because of how the community bands together against this encroaching threat, this encroaching bullying force. And there's that, and there's that lovely speech from Fiona Shaw about like how, oh, this is this is how a rec- this is what a reckoning yeah, looks what like. What a reckoning lo- looks like. Yeah. It just, Speaking of that, I just love feeling that thing they did with banging the uh, the yes, ah, uh, yeah, so and good. It's a good setup and payoff. Like yeah. they have the whole thing of that guy, that dude, that dude, the, like in the tower, 
Oh, I loved those. That shots. dude just looks like, he, like I love that dude. Like we that it looks like he's having the time shit. of his life. Like yeah, he like was the, made you know, specifically for this job. Yeah, he he loves his job, and that's you know that's something we should all like aspire to to love your job as much as the guy who bangs the like who bangs the play. like bell in uh, in Fennec Ferex in Fennec Shand. Uh, but <laughs> uh, that that's yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Again, we are introduced to Luthen, who shows up. He is Bix's buyer. Admittedly, 3.30 a.m. Didn't quite make that connection at first. It took me a bit. I'm like, okay, so he's the buyer. I just thought he was just randomly going to Ferrix. Yeah. Like, oh, he heard about Cassie, and he's going to help him out. I didn't realize that he was Bix's buyer. Uh, but I just love he, he arrives there, and then he's got to go on like public transport. <laughs> I just And then the guy, the, 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 the old dude that he was talking to just like yeah. talking like this is the greatest the greatest place in the world it's like your first time here it's talking to him about all this random stuff and he's just sitting there and like not saying anything like for until like the very end and the dude just yeah. keeps talking and he's just like i didn't even find him annoying i'm just like this guy like th- th- this is just you you've all met that one guy before yeah <laughs> we all know that one guy we all know that will- one guy yeah, but, well, again, that guy's popped up in a lot as well. Like, again, Doctor Who. He was in an episode of that, and he's also was in The Witcher. Uh, how he's many again, times he, have we said that this episode? <laughs> like some a, guy who was in Doctor there's Who. So many, there's was so many. Doctor Who. That is my experience, like, watching most shows nowadays. Like, most shows and movies, if, like, there's a British person, like, if there's a where British I, person who's, like, like an up-and-comer, I'm like, where have I seen him? Oh, yeah, they're in Doctor Who. Yeah, like we're in an episode of Doctor Who. Like that's how big that is. Of that show is over here now. But like you know, it it built, helps build the careers of every <laughs> British person. Like even Felic- like you know, yeah, Felicity Jones uh, was also in Doctor Who, which is nuts. But um, yeah, that whole conversation is interesting because it just forwards the whole narrative here about like how the corporations, like the, the it just furthers the idea of like corporations like like extracting like money out of people like like how he says that they're just they they're basically inviting us here to that they're paying us that we're paying them to come and spend our money it's an which is such an interesting line and you have like this whole back and forth where like this this dude like the dude feels almost kind of like he's out of the 1940s like he's like a chipper older gentleman who just like who just wants to who, who has like he knows that everything kind of sucks but he still has a spring in his step he's like he's an interesting dude that guy He's that one guy that like doesn't matter like where your neighborhood is. It's like he's gonna be like, okay, this is still the greatest place like in the world. <laughs> and like we, again, we all know someone like that that like has such pride in where they're from and just describing it to like these these new people. Uh, I just really liked, it. and then I just love the just the recent thing that we've been seeing. We saw it in Amanda. We saw it in Book of Boba Fett. Just. And we saw it in Kenobi too, like Star Wars version of public transport. Like I just yeah. love that this is a recurring thing we're getting now. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't, I, I just, I just really liked that scene. Uh, but the ending shot of Cassian just storming through the scrapyard as the the drums are kicking in and everything, I was like, okay, I am hyped as hell. And then everything just hits the fan in the third episode. And it was yeah. such like a great conclusion to this arc of episodes, which 
we can get into. I think we should talk about all of the flashbacks now and yeah. just what our overall thoughts on them. We've already talked they were about great. Yeah, we've already talked Those about are my thoughts. They were great. I love they were really cool. The buildup of them finding or like we see the ship crashing and then them getting to it. And we see the one guy that we think is dead and then the the girl who i yeah. forgot her i forgot her name yeah but she's very she supposed just, to be, yeah supposed to be the, the leader, leader. Just pops in and just immediately like just so yeah. sudden no time to breathe just oh no she's dead and yeah. they barely have I, time to react and like she was built up as like the leader of this tribe and like yeah she was leading the mission and she's immediately is gone and, it's, and then it makes the whole like thing about yeah. like um the whole undercurrent of like because we said that the that these these the characters uh there are like very much coded like with native there's a lot of native coding there and there's a lot of and you you said it andrew about like the cl- uh, cl- uh, cl- <laughs> can't get the word out colonialism. The colonialism the colonialism undercurrent and you see that there with like how that poor woman is like sh- is shot down like that guy doesn't even stop to like plead or anything no, or like say anything to it. he just gets up and just like shoots her like blasts yeah. her and there's something like and it's 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 one of the darkest moments for me of like the whole three episode span because like there's that horrible there's that really sad scene where they're like they all are weeping over this yeah. over their leader and like there's that shot of her just like look staring up dead eyed like, oh, okay. and it's just like i was, I was like, hoping this is, this is i was heavy. like did they just get her in the shoulder but like no, no, yeah she's like Dead, dead. Yeah, so it's like, like surely they just injured her, and I'm like, oh shit, no, she's dead. That's that's. I hard. was mad too. I was like, yeah. she's cool. I like. Yeah. Her. <laughs> there was a shot of her like in the trailer, or one of the trailers. I'm like, oh, is she gonna be like an important character? And it's like, no, she just yeah. is off immediately. But we brought up that scene with the the war paint. I really loved that one. I just love yeah, like too. even though we can't understand, we have like this is a uh, completely like new language. So we have no idea what they're saying, but like you can still sense the conversations between Casa and his sister, and just everything. But another thing is like, Canari, we don't know like how technologically advanced this civilization is. For all we know, this that this scene could have been the first time that that tribe has seen a ship like that, or has even seen blasters, and immediately they have this new. Then come in and just kill one of their own just like that. And then young Cassian walking around the ship. And that's why everyone was like, okay, so is this a separatist ship? Because it looks very Republic or very early Imperial, like design wise. But we see the separatist emblems on the uniform. So it's like, is it a, is it a, like a a sting operation or something or or a black ops thing that the Republic is doing some shady shit. And then, Marva and Clem come into Clem. What Clem Tim? Clem. There, Clem there are some. Andor. There are some names here. Oh, by the way, guys, remember, remember. So Andor isn't actually Cassian's last name. So are we are we gonna throw a fit about this one and say that Cassian's not actually an Andor and and make that a thing for like three years, or does that only apply to one specific? Does, all, does, all, does that only apply to women to female characters? Oh, exactly. does that only apply like, to one? It's yeah, almost like. like well, adoption and found family has been a yeah. theme of star Wars since the hmm. beginning. Yeah. Uh, but this one, we're, we just don't care about this one, right? Like, or gonna, it's almost like, throw a fit here, just going to put it, just going to brush it under the rug. Like that one officer with Cyril. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, because if, we, if we're talking about like adoptive things, like, you know, <laughs> people tend to like, I mean, I know some people like rubbish that scene, but like that whole scene in Solo, when that Imperial officer just randomly gives Han think, the name Solo. I didn't like, like it at first. I think it's funny now. And it I is just, funny. It's funny yeah. the way it's done so offhand, but it's like it also speaks to like the first, the like the mm. continued themes of like adoption, found family, because just like, yeah. just like Leia and and Bray, and as we see now, Cassian are like taken into these other families. Like Han has to make like a name for himself, literally. <laughs> Which like I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I I, I could get it's into like, like the intricacies of that. Imperial but, like, and Solo is just one of my favorite one of my favorite Imperials in all of Star Wars. Yeah, like just the, just yeah. his face, like Han. Um, Solo. Solo. And they just... <laughs> it's like his face, like he's just like, um, he's like, I'm gonna be a pilot. Solo. He's like, he's just like humoring him, like, ah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. sure, dude. Good luck Whatever. with that. Good luck, Han Solo. And then we just did just the smash cut to we'll have um, you goodbye. flying in no time. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> That's a oh, great, God, edit. great, great, I great love that goddamn movie. Um, but this That's is not so a solo discussion yet. Um, but there is a solo reference in here because the hounds. In the scrapyard are from yep. Solo, but remember, no Easter eggs, none. Yeah, none. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I laughed out loud when one of them peed on Paul B two. I was like, oh, <laughs> I forgot just, about I that. Like, I was like, oh god damn it, just like a real dog. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, they like he because B two just pauses and then Zod walks away and then comes back and starts pissing <laughs> on him and he's gonna shock him. I was like, oh like, no. People are talking like, is this the first time there's been sex in a Star Wars show? And it's like I was like, what we really should be asking is, is this the first time we've seen piss in a Star Wars show? Maybe. I, think so. I was waiting for yeah. like Cassian to have a remark, like like ah, oh, me too. Like what, what <laughs> what's too. going on here? Like oh yeah, but th that's another thing that I, I don't it's like, oh, is this the first time sex has been in Star Wars? It's like one how do you think Padme and Anakin, like Padme got pregnant. Like, like you I didn't yeah. do together. Also, I think Shmi and exactly Qui -Gon, sleep definitely. in different beds. Yeah. So Shmi Shmi and Qui -Gon, Qui -Gon, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, not to mention in the rising storm that it's just a like a oh, yeah. very clear actual sex scene, but El yeah, that's like, oh, yeah. 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 And Eldar like, gets anyone? up and he's lost just like, stars. oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Like Lost Stars, if in and like Princess and the Scoundrel, down, both of those both of those stories like heavily feature that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, heavily allude to it. And it's like it's it's always been ever present. This is just the first time like live action has has like aggressively hinted like, at. Yeah, like this is there's 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 no scooting around this one. Like this is what actually happened nah. here. Nah, exactly. Um, no room for doubt. I remember I some one of my friends that went to the premiere. Was live tweeting, and or when it came out, I was like, <laughs> and all the people that thought that the sex scene was gonna have Cassian in it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure wish. Instead, it was fucking Tim. And his, uh, I'm glad we just didn't see like bare ass shot of Tim. Like uh, this, it, it, Tony Gilroy and Toby Haynes saving me there. Yeah, like, um, they're, they're like, we'll be merciful. We'll just hint at it. We won't give you any like imagery. <laughs> But let's um let's talk about something slightly worse than that thought, uh, which is the uh, Cyril's speech and then the invasion of Ferrix I'm... by the uh, by the police. Uh, yeah, yeah. They just and then everyone just being like, "We got the blues here," or whatever. They yeah, said. five zero. Like they're literally dressed like like they're literally coded as cops, 
and yeah, like it's, definitely. there's such a again it's such a, like it's such a contemporary thing because like you know like the attitude to like the police in any country now is like at an all-time low like in terms mm. of like just how they're perceived and so like it, it it's that kind of shorthand that's just communicated fantastically like where that you know they see these people the people in the community and they're like nah these people are bad news we need to like we need to like communicate it like and i love that they have that special communication of like banging on the uh banging on the like on the bells yeah to, like to communicate to one and another it and I'm, it leads to that great yes and going and it doesn't and, stop for like 10 minutes and then and you I, have marvis saying that line you should be worried for when it stops and i was like oh that's so good that's so good because it builds the tension and then it stops and you're like mm -hmm. shit's about to go down like <laughs> it's just very good like also i almost shout out I, uh cassian for having a bantha plushie in his uh room yes at Marvin's that man's a the real bantha, one. i love that so man cool. so much that man that's so cool uh, they better not have destroyed that when those goddamn cops came in to uh do the uh search because don't touch cash cassian's bantha yeah uh like, don't touch my shit but like I, quickly switching back to the flashbacks because we see Marva and Clem kind of take Cassian because he's do they, does she like knock him out or something and then bring him with her like or I can't does he just remember. like pass I out thought, yeah I think I think, I, I think, I think it might have I think he might have because he's just out. trying to wreck everything in the ship and he's originally like afraid of them but then they hear the Republic uh like coming or they're they're saying they'll, they'll yeah, there's be like here. a Republic so, vessel like, we got to get out of here bit, soon. Yeah. So we know that this is still like Clone Wars era time. Like this is yeah, because I I thought Empire sure it was singing. actually Empire. I thought they were retconning Cassian's backstory. That's like, what I the, thought at the, first the too. Yeah, and then when they said about the Republic, I was like, oh, phew, they're keeping that intact, which is really cool. Because I hope we actually get some exploration of that in um in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, for, at least for everything that Tony says that he has no reverence for Star Wars, he's pretty airtight with it. Well, it's kind of like it's. I also like think it's that Harrison. It's yeah. that kind of Harrison Ford mentality where it's like you know he doesn't he doesn't act like there's a lot of reverence for it, but like the real truth is he doesn't fanboy over it. Like I always think that as much as Harrison Ford loves to kind of like Harrison Ford loves to like to make fun of Star Wars, if yeah. only because he knows it will get a reaction from people. I don't know like, what a Force Ghost is. <laughs> have you guys seen? Like, consider okay. Considering this like started with like uh, an unfortunate Lego mishap, have you guys seen the video with Conan O'Brien with that Lego Millennium Falcon? No, no. All right, I th okay. There is like a dude. I don't know if it was a bit or not. I hope. I hope to God it was a comedy bit. There's like a dude brings this like giant Millennium Falcon that he has been building, and he passes it like he passes it to Conan O'Brien, who then passes it to like Peter Mayhew. Who was there? And then they just passes it to Han. No, J.J. Abrams. Pass it to J.J. Abrams. Then J.J. Abrams passes it to Harrison Ford, and he literally just goes whoa, and the thing just topples behind him and smashes on the floor. <laughs> and the dude, oh, and the, I the hope that's just, a bit. I I don't think Harrison's that big of a dick. And, uh, and the best bit, the best bit at the end is like the guy's standing there looking like completely crestfallen, and then Harrison just like turns, gets out of his seat takes a shard of the Lego and signs it and gives it to the guy. <laughs> I 
it's like I just it has to be a bit. It has to go away. I was like, I got to the end of that. That's gotta be taking the piss. One of my favorite things from the Force Awakens documentary is is Harrison Ford signing John Boyega's like giant Han Solo action figure. Oh, that's so it's so wholesome. I love Harrison it's like Ford. it's like that bit. It's like that. Have you guys seen that photo of like uh, Brie Larson and like uh, Iman Vellani meeting uh, meeting Ford. him at D twenty three? Yeah, yeah. That's that like awesome. bless bless Iman Vellani. Like her face is just like that's the face most Star Wars fans have that when they meet Harrison Ford. They, it's just it's such a I love how they, awesome they casted like I love like Kevin Feige stuff whenever they he gets interviewed about her because it's just like yeah she's like. She knows more than I do, and it's scary. <laughs> yeah, like, she argued with him about like the, she well, like when they said that the the main dimension in like in multiverse of madness is Earth six one six. She was like, "No, it's Earth nine 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 nine. Like that's the official designation, Kevin." And he's like, eh, "It's six one six. And she's like, "No, I disagree." <laughs> and then didn't you say that he went like, "Yeah," or like something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Like, it's a, uh, yeah, he did that exact thing. Yeah, but I, uh, I digress. Um, like, I really hope yeah. they are going to keep Cassian's separatist backstory because, like, that is the thing. Because I, I never quite got the appeal of Cassian in Rogue One, and it wasn't until I learned that that everything about Cassian suddenly clicked in my head, and I was like, oh, that's fascinating that he came from the opposite side of the yeah, world. Yeah, it would be nice and if now, Marva and Clem, like, even if they're not, like, full-on... Yeah. separatist if they like yeah. kind of lean towards yeah you know this or being anti-republic at least yeah uh, because maybe I mean, they see what it would eventually become before yeah. everyone else does and they see through uh shivy boy and all that stuff uh but yeah we'll probably find uh, out more because i don't think they would introduce uh at least cassian's father or adopted father and just only have him show up in one scene like i feel That's like they're true. gonna have more flashbacks do you uh, guys think we're gonna get a Palpatine cameo when they get to the Imperial Senate? Nah. Well, maybe I a think, voiceover. Yeah, maybe a voice. Maybe yeah. a hologram like Kenobi. I don't think yeah. we're gonna actually see like Ian McDermott in the Senate chamber. What about um, like like yeah? So like they could either have a voiceover. I mean, it's it's likely, but like, what about Jimmy Smits? Oh, one hundred percent. I I get the yeah, sense can, he'll be there. I, I think Bill Organ. Yeah. I think is gonna show up. If not in season one, definitely in season two. Just to give that connective tissue between him and Mon Mothma for people who who aren't necessarily aware, because they obviously share scenes in Rogue One, but like you know, actually see them both in the Senate, that would be kind of cool. I'd love a uh, a Masamita cameo, but remember, no Easter eggs. That, that, that yeah, no Easter eggs. There are none. Yeah, none, so no Easter eggs. The I'll emblem, never forgive. I'll neat. never forgive Masamita for like burning those lightsabers. Like I hate him eternally for that. <sighs> I don't. Does anyone? <laughs> is there anyone that just is hardcore? Like you know who my favorite Star Wars character is? A Masamita. Like I mean, probably the same I mean, amount of people. There's who a like Palm Krell stands Twitter account. So like, let's be it's, honest. It's Alex. There's Damon. probably a. There's probably a. That that <laughs> was our theory in the one episode. Yeah, this is true. like the, this is the big for the Republic theory. Alex Damon mm-hmm. is Palm Krell Stan. What if it's Eli Connor? That would be. That would be something. What? I don't know. I'm just throwing out random names here. No, it's, I, it's no. It's Jake. It's Jake. It's Jake. It's the Jake. last thing I will it's say Jake. though about that's why he's not here. Tracks. He's running the Twitter account. 
Yeah, he's just too busy like typing out Pong Krell's. <laughs> Pong Krell is great. I mean, let's Signed be clear. If, Jake's if, if, Jake, if Jake had a Stan account, it would probably be for Ray's parents. He loves him. That's what he said. Yeah, he, he said he, he said his uncontroversial people. opinion is he loves. He's like he's like Ray's I love parents. Ray's parents. I'm not a big fan of what she had best doing though. <laughs> He said, "Rise of Skywalker, love that movie." That's, that's yeah, nice. like love, love Rise of Skywalker is my favorite movie. Love it. Least favorite movie, Revenge of the Sith. Don't like it. He's not a fan. Yeah, like I'm not not a big fan of that Hayden Christensen. But he said but he like, said hates Anakin. The last thing I'll say about the flashbacks is, and I and again, this is like another. This is building off another tweet I saw. Is like, I think it's interesting that like Marva, Marva makes a very complicated decision in, at that point because i was like she just takes cassian and it's like she has good intentions but like she just takes him away from everyone else he knew and like his whole driving thing to like his whole goal that's never really implicitly said is he just wants to find his sister and the only reason he he can't find his sister that he's looking for a sister in the first place is because marva took him away from that planet and like that's the interesting thing and that's what the what's interesting about the writing is that there's there's this unspoken resentment from from cassian towards marva because you almost get the sense that that, that he does kind of resent her for taking him away from his from his loved ones and that's what's really interesting about the ending and the way the ending cuts between the flashback and uh the present of like him mm -hmm. looking at luthan with a bit of resentment because luthan takes him away from takes his away his, from his family from Ferrix just like just like uh just like yeah, Marva did. Just like Marva did. Yeah. Also I just love the way that they segued into Marva's flashback scene of like having B2 in the present day and then yeah. just another shot of him just cleaner and I was like it took me a second to realize it was a flashback. Yeah. But I I, I really like the way that I they took, framed I realized it, because of the hair transition to the flashbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's yeah. the hair. Bisu has been through some shit. That poor yeah. little droid. He was like, all he's... shiny back then and everything. He was like and now we just... prequel era shiny. Now, now but also, like, like... okay, we need to talk about like we've said we've talked about it before. The whole bang in the pots and pans or whatever they, got it, the the yeah. material. Just like I think uh, Mo on Twitter. I can't I can't remember her. Uh... Oh, Jin my Stardust. That's her um at on Twitter. Wonderful right. follow. Wonderful, wonderful person. Most She's awesome. great. Um, she talked, she just tweeted about how like everyone just banging the pot, everyone just banging whatever materials there were. She's like, that was def this is one of the greatest uh shows of community in Star Wars. And it's like, yeah, it's really damn good. Yeah, it I really would is. love at some point when we are doing these recaps to have someone on that's we grew up in a mainly Latin community. Uh, Michael Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I mean, he invited himself on, so just to just to see like, their thoughts on this. But I know there's a bunch of people that I follow, at least, that have been talking about this. And, yeah, yeah. And just remember, and, and going back to that uh, that tweet that Diego Luna shared when Rogue One was coming out about the importance of representation of that. Uh, when Rogue One came out, that story of the the man who brought his dad, who has a very heavy Mexican accent, to see Rogue One, uh, and how much he was impacted by Cassian's character, because there's a um, uh, a hero in a movie with a very heavy accent, and he felt seen, and he like how important that is, and like Diego Luna like literally like teared up 
reading that story. And again, remember, for anyone that says representation isn't important, you're wrong because it might not be important exactly. to you, but it's exactly. important to so many other people that don't get to see themselves in all these other characters. They don't see Anakin yeah. and go, that's me. I feel like I could be well, that character. They see someone like Cassian. Like, scared if you did. You exactly. yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, literally. Like, imagine if it's, you said, like, yeah, yeah, I really the, see I mean, myself in Cyril Khan. I'd be like, I really see myself uh, in Fong Krell, so. like... Yeah. I, no, like, if it, someone it, said they sold themselves in Dexter Jexter, I would understand you have four that. arms. Yeah, like... Yeah. But, yeah, like, the, anyone who says representation doesn't matter. Like, they are clearly are someone who is already represented plenty. Like, like, I, like, if, like, if a, you know, I can say for, like, I'm plenty represented as, like, a, as a, as a white dude, but, like, you know, in terms of, like, neurodiversity, like, that's something that that still needs to happen with Star Wars, and something that I'll probably be affected by as someone on the autism yeah. spectrum, who's like, you know, that that will be like affecting for me when they when they actually have someone on the show that actually is like is autistic or like or has another yeah. form of neurodivergence. I will appreciate that very immensely. And there's and already like plenty like of characters, characters like exactly. Like and like you listen to other like uh, people, like like for instance, Candace Candace Core on the on Geeky Waffle saying about how emotional she was seeing Tala on uh, on on the Obi Wan show, or like uh, David Chen on like uh, a recent podcast he did with Patrick Willems talking about Rogue One and saying that it was really nice for him to see Donnie Yen as. Uh, I've, I've got blanking on his, on his name again, uh, and Chirrut. I love that character. Yeah, Chirrut. Chirrut. To see Donnie Yen as Chirrut, like, you know, see such a badass character who looks like, who looks like him. It's, it's just, you know, words almost can't describe that feeling. And that, and that's why it's, it's important never to decry representation. Yeah, that's, I'm honestly I, shocked. I, I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah, no, soapbox I mean, <laughs> not to bring up these tweets again, but I'm, we've talked about the, Discourse surrounding the show. I'm honestly shocked there hasn't been enough of the uh, woke like conversations surrounding a, a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, oh, it but, has. Yeah. Just, it's been just. I, I just have racism. Yeah, it's just been final. Yeah, fully drowned out. Thank goodness. Yeah, like, it's it's yeah, it's the kind of like that's what's really refreshing that the woke stuff, the the woke the woke nonsense bullshit is just finally getting dragged like washed away. Uh, was just, it just in terms of how big this show is? There was was it like someone that uh, the channel starts with the letter G and ends with uh, Eeks and uh, Gamers? Uh, didn't they say uh, that like oh like oh Diego Luna is being in this is just identity politics? And I'm like he was literally the character. <laughs> He's literally in the, the star movie. of the dumb. She's the star of the dumb show. <laughs> you. It's Idiot. like, oh, it's identity <laughs> politic casting. I'm like, like, are you sure about that? It's like, look, uh, don't I'm get me started sure on. He played this role before. Um, I, I again, have so he, many choice words just, about like geeks and gamers, say but like <laughs> at this point, we're not yeah, going to talk like, about this anymore. Like I'm the internet and the, the internet and Twitter have two have one thing in common. People yeah. just say whatever, and it's yeah. just like maybe, just maybe. You don't have to tweet out like, maybe, everything. Yeah, like the, the you know, like the whole thing of like don't don't drink and drive. Like like it's the whole thing of don't you know think before you tweet. It's like you can you don't have to immediately press that tweet. Button. Yeah, like like it's getting to the point where Twitter need to maybe you need to or think about like, putting up a graphic. Just you're saying think something before you like, tweet. 
you're saying something in the video. It's like you go look, like watch the footage back. And be like, maybe I should edit that part out. Maybe I should not yeah. look like an idiot. Maybe I shouldn't praise the head of Warner Discovery for canceling the Batgirl movie because it makes me look like a bit of a bootlicker. <laughs> You know, and it makes me like, love, look like a funny you mention that. I love canceling stuff for tax write-offs. Yeah, because um, yeah, I might get more Snyderverse stuff. Raw. No, you're not. You're never getting more. I'm yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, you're, sorry to you're, be that you're guy. Literally valorizing the honey boo boo guy. Like, shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> Christ. Give me the Star Wars version of Honey Boo Boo. That's what we really need. <laughs> That's Pong Krell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pong Krell. Punk give, girl is the honey boo boo. Give me like a I, Star I don't know. Wars. I don't know. I don't know. Give anything me like about a Star honey Wars series Best about out like of context Coruscant like ever. pageant moms. Like just give me that. Like just like trash reality TV, but like Star Wars. You just That's know that I the Empire peddles that kind of shit in the core worlds. You just know it. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For sure. the Holonet show is just like here's a you know Empire Day pageant. Imagine if, Mist, like, next Mist episode, Empire. Mon Mothma, like, walks by, like, a room, and there's, like, a bunch of people, like, like watching a reality, the equivalent of a hollow reality show, and that she's just beautiful. like, And <laughs> uh, Miss Coruscant uh, 5BBY is uh, Sheev Palpatine. All right, so... Thank you very uh, much for this honor. <laughs> it's like, in him Lego summer vacation, power. it's like, Rule? <laughs> they have the conversation on the beach. I mean, the uh, contest on the beach where they just body everyone. That's 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 real. It's it's not uh, it's canon. It, yeah, it's very I canon. I just love the um, goofiness of that Lego of all the Lego specials. They're so oh, goofy. They're beautiful. And I'm so mad that we never got around to fully talking about summer vacation on here because that just came out when all of us like just went to shit at the same time. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we, should but, come, yeah. we could cover those in a future episode. We could, I would yeah. Gladly, I would talk about all three of the Lego specials. That would fit a really whole episode, would. I think. Um, but, let, like, I hated, or, like, not hated, but they they did a really good job in this last episode of making you feel as uncomfortable as humanly possible when the police are interrogating the yeah. citizens. Uh, oh, yeah. And you can just tell it's like they these police, even though they're like the Empire doesn't see them as anything like they are nothing to them, but they see them compared to these normal people as just so superior and they yeah. look down on them and everything. And there's the talks with Marva. I, I, I love and like find it tragic that like Cassian gets blown in because of the comlink with B2. Uh, and yeah, it's just like, oh no, like, no, it's that like, yeah, it's that classic. It is like for all the like subversion, that's like what that's like a classic thing where like you, the audience, are aware of something the other character is, and it, like, it's too. great for increasing the, the tension. It's kind of like that diehard mentality yeah. of like, oh, look, show the audience something that the other characters aren't mm -hmm. privy to because it, it builds it, it builds the I, whole I sequence enough. of events, and that's the yeah, thing, it, it's like, tense. Everyone's like, how can you have a show like this if there's no stakes because we know Andor survives? It's like, all right, well, you can say that about Obi-Wan. You can say that about so many other shows. It's like, here's the thing. It's like, we know Cassian survives. Yeah. We don't know about anyone else, essentially, except for yeah. Mon Mothma. So yeah. everyone else is fair game here, which leads me to the question I was going to ask before we started this show, and you told me to save it here. 
Do you think Luthen makes it out of this season alive, or do you think he dies? I don't think he'll make it out of this series alive. No, I don't think he will. I actually think he will die before the end of this season. I I personally, because I I think I just just thought of something, and I just thought of a theory on the spot. Is like it would make sense if like Deidre Miro or Cyril was the reason he died, or like a heroic sacrifice. We've seen them have conversations in the trailers. What if it's Saw Gerrera? Maybe not directly, but like indirectly Ooh. gets Luthen killed. And that's what causes the rift between Saw and the Rebellion. Or starts yeah. to cause it. Yeah. I'm like, just throwing so... it out there. Because this is the thing. Because and... like I, I mentioned David Chen and Patrick Willems like talking about Rogue One. And like they, they go into like how it's rather awkward saw's role in rogue one because you can tell that his role was reworked there because like he he doesn't really have he doesn't have a huge role in it he has like those he has a few sequences and then he's very suddenly dies because it's very yeah i will run no longer you can like you can if you look back at the scene you can tell that that line was even adr'd in so like it saw does have something of an abrupt exit from the movie especially which is especially noteworthy given that this character is now like such has such a presence across most Star Wars media, like he's appeared in almost every era of the of the of the Disney era so far. Like he's been in everything. Like he's been, he he even predated the Disney merger. Yeah, but like he was Clone so, Wars first, and then Rogue One, and the whole and everything. The, yeah, and the whole way Rogue One recontextualized him is essentially like very close to the line of a terrorist. Like mm-hmm. when you compare like the rebels as like freedom fighters, and he's more of a terror. Him and, and his party. Yeah, and that's more, a big debate on like. Yeah. Guerrero, like if like if and he's even that, a good yeah. guy or not because he's exactly. so like, extreme to where like even if i'm not even saying like saw like shoots him dead i'm yeah. just saying like a partisan yeah. mission or something saw or does something, something he's that set up gets him killed to gets him killed and getting yeah. killed yeah Which because like i wasn't even really thinking will... that before five minutes ago but it just literally like, it was, like i wasn't even thinking that, that at all and be... i'm, I'm fascinated to see that happen because it's like it's like tony gilroy said he wanted every role every appearance from a character to be like protein to benefit mm-hmm. the story and like or if obviously like... saw being saw being here is like a big big boost for fans because we obviously all know him from other star wars stuff but like a way to make his role more interesting in the story is to show the shades of gray with within the rebellion the different types of rebels mm-hmm. and to show Really show why the rest of the rebellion is at odds with him. Yeah, we, we're going to be we've seeing... come close to the line at that with stuff like rebels and mm-hmm. and even like the fact that he deserts Kashyyyk in in Fallen Order, but we've never really got to a, a bit where we're like, "Damn, you've gone too far there." So, like, like I mean, never... Rebel Rising. Yeah, I haven't read that, but like, I'm I'm fascinated. There is a I, I need very very. Uh, I don't want to say very, but like. There's a pretty graphic scene that happens. There like sequence oh. that happens. Oh shit! But like Saul right. basically kills civilians, if I remember Yikes. correctly. Yeah, and it's like that, that tracks given like what happens on Jeddah and the way his partisans behave. Like that's yeah, that's fascinating. But yeah, I I think Luthen Luthen will die. I I feel like Marvel could die. <laughs> Personally, I hope I, I'm really hoping Grasso is fine, and I'm especially. No, Grasso like, better I'm, not die, or I will boycott I am, the show. And I'm as for, kidding. And as for that Biggs, won't I am. Happen. I'm not a little I am on, bitch like most of this fandom, <laughs> but like Grasso better not die. That guy's a homie. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, if he, I, I hope be happy he shows up role, again. That's yeah, my but like, great. 
Yeah, I would be happy if his role was just the first three episodes because then at least he will be all right. As for Bates, I want him I to am, like show up. Like I want I them pleading. to like like retcon like he was at the Battle of Exegol. He was one of the people in the ship. Yeah, like I just <laughs> keep him going, man. Yeah, it would make uh, it more interesting. Like to like say he was in one of those yeah. damn ships. But like but, yeah, like don't kill Brasso. Please don't kill Bix. Please let Bix still be alive. I'm. I feel yeah. like it's. I and feel like it's go never... I mean, we'll all go crazy collectively. We'll all like I, literally. I like I, if she dies, it'll just be us all crying. This is like, me like, we'll just be like, I, I think welcome she, to Fall the Republic. I think she'll make it through the first season. Um, I hope she makes it through the second season. But like, yeah, we we know that like, Jin is his his partner in Rogue One. So we at least know that they won't end on the best of terms because the show is supposed to literally end like right before Rogue One. Like Tony um, Howard literally gave us like Yeah, he gave it away. Like, yeah, it's right like literally like yeah, five minutes. He's going to be walking right to the tarmac to go to go meet Tevik. And it's like, bro, Tony Gilroy just literally spoiled the end, but it's like <laughs> how the fuck do we get there? Yeah. But I like, was literally, like yeah, so so she's going to do question. this and this and this, but we're all like still like incredibly shocked of like where everything's going. But yeah, Bix obviously like I hope she doesn't die. You know who did die is uh Tim. And uh <laughs> yeah. And uh you know, they made his day. It was, it was impactful. It was impactful. It was. Did yeah. I still oh, scream? Yes, go fuck yourself as loud <laughs> as I possibly could have at 4 a.m. You're oh, goddamn God. right I did. I was cheering. Fair. That's Fair that enough. says a lot about me, but I don't care. I hated this bastard. I was yeah, like, you know, damn. It, I, I yeah. didn't think it was going to happen like the way it did. I'm like, they're not going to kill him right, right here. It's, it's and the then they did. Makes... And I was like, yeah. oh my God. Because he makes like, there's a split second, like where he clearly makes the decision to like rush at them. Like, like he almost kind of knows that he could die, but he's like, screw it. I'm just, you know, I, I'm not letting them do this to Bix. I'm, it's kind of like a, a funny kind of resolution because he began doing something very cowardly. And then here we see him do something very selfless where he yeah, just, you know, we, he charges in, he charges in to try and help her and, and sadly pays with his life. Gets killed by cops. And it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, so, not again. subtle. Not subtle. Not subtle at all. We, and that's, we and it leads to like some, their, yeah. their scene where Tim kind of gets like Bix puts two and two together about. Yeah. And he just, it's like, very how do they know it's weakly Cassian? tries to stop her. Like he very yeah. weakly tries to like get in the way and like just it's like the very way. Clearly like, all right, that's the, it. Like the quiet fury that Adria Adjourna like conveys when like Bix realizes that he is, that, that Tim has ratted Cassian, ratted out. Cassian out. She just stares right through him. It's like, it's, you can feel her anger and you're She's like, you're, you're like, wonderful yeah. actress. She's yeah. great. She's fantastic. And then just him dying. Something about like characters, like someone dying and then the other person can't do anything about it because they're restrained or or cuffed like her and this and her. That always like gets me. I'm like, it's yeah. just such yeah. a good way of conveying emotion or like having something be heartbreaking. But like the these cops just they again, not subtle here, just completely like brutalize her. She's bleeding from the head, and Tim obviously is like, "Yo, what the hell are you doing?" And they tell him to stop, and he and just starts like bolting, and they fucking shoot him. And yeah. I'm like, "And there's no need. There's no. There's there was no, no need, need to do it because he's like no he's like an unarmed it. dude. They're heavily armored guys with like heavy blasters. One of them would just have oh, to, like whack that's him another, with the, the gun. That's another thing. They very like when they're having like the over the uh, the over or 
the the speakers, I guess, of like them talking about Cassian. Uh, I think it might still be on the ship. Actually, it's like all right. So this Cassian guy, heavily armed, like we need a uh, like we need a dozen men to take out this one guy. It's just like it's uh, yeah. they're not. They're they're not being subtle yeah, here, like definitely not subtle. Overkill Defin- to try to yeah. establish they, authority they want- and like a bleed in real world, yeah stuff. I almost wonder if Tony Gilroy is like aware of the like shitty backlash from like from idiot idiots supposed like fake Star Wars fans because oh, I'm I'm not gonna one, grant them the whole thing of saying fans 100%. and he basically just went you know what. Fuck you! I am yeah. writing the most political Star Wars series because that's what Star Wars is. Star Wars is about politics because it's about war, and it's war political. is fueled by politics. If you disagree, go fuck yourself. That's, that's another that thing. Way. Is like they advertise this show as like a political thriller. So yeah. if anyone even is like, why are they? Why is it so political? Yeah, what do you think of? political thriller. Yeah, but you're putting like, Fiona Shaw. Fiona Shaw literally. Star Wars. Yeah, like, and that's probably why the the conversation has been so has been so muted on the like front of like of of oh woke politics because like you know yeah you've still got idiots like geeks and gamers saying like oh yeah you know all that all that nonsense but it's more muted because this show has very aggressively stated like the act the the people making it have made very clear. This is a political show. This and it's aimed at a very certain stripe of people. It's it's basically it's not it's not bandying. It's not like pretending like it's not about contemporary politics, and it's not pretending to be on the right of anything. It's yeah. very firmly like in the progressive side because how could it not be? It's a show about and, the yeah. if you're, fucking rebellion starting yeah, up. If and you're the, breaking down like the formation and the the inner workings of the rebellion, you kind of have to. Like you yeah. can't just avoid stuff like this. No, if you're going to tell the story of how this like radical group that has many different yeah. forms, like forms together to take out the fascist imperialist state. But remember, yeah. like, oh, they're like that's people are like, oh, uh, they're not fascists. I'm like, yes, they are. It's like you know what? Say what you will about J.J. Abrams, but he wasn't subtle about that either. He literally oh, no. made the stormtroopers do a, a Nazi freaking salute? Nazi salute. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, no, they—they they, they, again, again, yeah. subtlety. Not really something you come yeah. here like uh, for again. Star Wars with. I have one functioning eye, and I can pick up on this stuff better than these people. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's bad. It's your superpower. You're an incredibly perceptive dude, Connor. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not stupid. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I, I... We've talked about Tim's death, and we've talked about the cops. What I really want the to talk about now... rising up against them, man. Yeah. I love Fucking it. Fucking insane. It's great. Like, the oh, cop man. who shot Tim, like, I know we all I know we all hate Tim, but, like, I was still, like, damn, at his death. I was like, it was brutal. Like, ah, and it, dude, again... You, I kind the of feel way bad that, for him. And I, I will, like, with this and with the, the, the girl that was killed in the flashbacks, the deaths just come with no warning, just, like, no room to breathe, just so sudden, so real, which I really appreciated. Yeah. And the community rising like, up, I, I loved it, and we, we've talked about it so much, and it's been such a great part of this episode. 
Now, one thing that the show has done with the, the, the slow build is, is that we went two episodes without really any action. All yeah. build up, all talking. So when we finally got this action scene in the warehouse, oh, it ruled so hard. It was such a just cool all the stuff falling yeah. from the ceiling and everything. Yeah, it was such a cool way of doing a fight scene, and then them almost really getting tense. out of it. And Cassie be like, yeah. "No, I gotta grab the box." And Luther's like, "Forget the box." What's and in then, the like, box? He, just, he gets him in more shit. He ends up getting dinged in the shoulder, and then yeah, just, every time they think they're out of it, more like uh, cops keep coming out of the world just shooting at them. It was such a cool scene. Uh, and then Luthen like, kind of okay. giving him like a little lesson during it too. Yeah, yep. it was really fun. That and then like yeah, like, the one we'll get to the, the fake out, out, but like God, yeah, yeah. just like the fact that he got the fact that he was just like I can't remember what Brasso did again. This reinforces Brasso's yeah. a homie. I love yeah. that guy. Um, he like put some. I think he attached some sort of debris to the guy's ship. So when he took off, yeah, it, like yeah, it's like, just yeah. Uh, I, was I think that was so that that's the moment where like him. the Scottish guy was like, shit. shit. Yeah, that was a shit. I've got that. We're, under siege. We're under siege. So they're behind his, us. And then you just name, see Cheryl's. So that guy's name is Linus Mosk. That's what name. a name. Linus. <laughs> it's like, did George Lucas name that guy? That feels like a George Lucas name. Linus. I love Mosk. that. So like Tony, there's like a guy out of one I like named is like names Linus Mosk. Like that, yeah, like that's a good name. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but like uh, that whole s- sequence is so good. Like the yeah. whole like Brasso obviously is like a homie for like attaching the chain, like taking that guy down, and it's a nice bit of retribution. But the moment when like Cassian gets the drop on Cyril, and you s- and the look on Cyril's oh. face where he realizes he's so in over his when head, fr- and despite all the his way bravado, they framed it, yeah, and then he's you see scared. the gun behind him. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's and it's like the so power good. dynamic just flips right there, and Cyril, you can see the fear in Cyril's eyes because he just realizes, oh shit, I am way in over my head here. This guy is literally like, this ki- This guy could kill me. And Lucent even like says, kill him. And it's like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I knew like he was going to be in more episodes because we see more of him in the trailers and we know that I believe his mother is going to also be a recurring character in uh, in the series, and she's going to kind of be like an influence on him. Um, but I was like, are they? Was that all just fake shit? And like, are they just going to kill him right here? But no, they they tie him up, and then there's the fake out with the, the speeder. <sighs> so good, which was so good. And then the I thought explosions the, and everything. Oh, it was great. They got me. I thought they were in the. I thought they were in the speeder when they when it first came out. I thought, oh, they're just gonna ram through people. And then it flipped over, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I guess they're not in there. Are they faking? And I thought, oh, is Cassian faking his death so he can get away? And then they just come out in the speeder bike, and Luthen just blows it up. I was like, that is awesome. That's like such a great little misdirect to like mask an escape, and it feels desperate. In a way, it yep. feels kind of like it's got that kind of chase and escape vibe that Star Wars is really good at. And then you have that beautiful shot of the speeder going through those marshy fields as uh, like the music, as wonderful. like Nicholas Brittle's score like swells. It's just, it's really cool. Cause like I know, like that's the thing. If I could compare each of the Disney Plus shows, cause I've heard some people compare like Mandalorian to like Xeno Warrior Princess, very kind of like, you know, 90s syndicated shows. And like Obi Wan is, is, 
basically like you know episode 3.5 it's like an it's like a movie in tv form and then you know andor yeah is like yeah exactly and then andor has very much like a peak tv vibe where it feels it has like almost it almost has like a game of thrones spirit in it like you know it's got that kind of complexity uh and like moral grayness that shows like that really enjoy exploring yeah definitely like mando like you said it feels very serialized very episode of the week type of type of stuff kenobi like you said feels a continuation and this feels like its own massive broad thing which i like i love and to be clear like each of those styles are like are great like like they're all they all work for like very very specific reasons and and that doesn't and you know, com- making those comparisons doesn't mean like one is any better than the other. Like, I'm not saying Andor is necessarily inherently better than like Obi Wan or Book of Boba Fett because it's like it's it's modeling itself on peak TV. It's just it's distinctive because of that identity. And it's like you know what? Because there was a little discussion about like uh, you know, oh, what this is better than like all of Obi Wan or like all of Mandalorian combined. And I'm I like, won't go that far you know yet. What? I won't go that far yet, but like. I can't. I, I, I get why people are saying it, and I, I, yeah, it's like there's a very fine line between like you know, can't stand it, shitting, shitting on the other shows. Oh, you, you know, don't, using you don't to shit need on the other to, shows, uh, but like, yeah, bring another show down to exactly. lift another one up. Another. Yeah, because like, like you know, I, I love if, Kenobi so yeah. much, and I'm also really loving Andor. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be Same. like, well, this does it better than. And I'm like, no, I like both shows. They're both they mold. They're no, sorry. They're both yeah. Star Wars. But they're both Star Wars in a completely different way. And I appreciate yeah. and love both of them. The one thing I will yeah. say, though, is Obi-Wan, if it got Andor's budget, and if it was shot like Andor, fuck, it would have been yeah. way better than it already I was. Mean, fuck already you, been. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, God exactly. damn it! Give Deborah Chow and Give Ewan Deborah- McGregor the budget to make a season yeah, two. If we like get the a season two, budget I don't even care about the budget. Just shoot it at Pinewood. If we get a season two, please shoot it at Pinewood. Please, please, I would, I, I please, Lucasfilm. You know, we're imploring you to make a Kenobi season two and shoot like, Pinewood. Actually, you know what? Also, you know what? Even better, just take Pinewood, clone it, and, and move push it, it somewhere else. To somewhere else. Hire like Kaminoans to make like a clone of it and just like gestate it over in like over in America. If like, well, Kamino's destroyed, so we can't do that. Thanks, man. Damn, Damn it. Damn it. Damn it! Oh, the feels are back again. Um, yeah. but yeah, can we just talk about the fake out? Oh, with the speeder for a second, like it so crashes. Cool. They think they got him. It's like yes, dude. And then, dude, they're grins. Zoom. They were so yeah, jo- overjoyed. Yeah, Sarah yeah. was like, "I don't suck." Yay! <laughs> I just love like the like just how you can you could tell something was off. Because like this speeder's going, it's not going that fast. I was like, are we having another book of Boba Fett like thing again? People are gonna be talking about it. It crashes, and then we just see, like, I'm sure probably maybe the fastest speeder we've ever seen in live action, just zooming with Luthen and Cassian. They could have basically just done this to Cyril like this, and it would have had the yeah. same effect. And then you just, <laughs> just see done like his a top face. gun. You see his face of like, I'm screwed. Like yeah, I am, I am. Because now the empire is probably going to be up his ass about this. Yeah, and his boss lost. is just his boss is going to be like, I told you very specifically. I told you specifically not to, to come up with this. an accident report and then not do this. And what have you yeah. done? 
It's you. like people are dead. Like like yeah. people literally are dead. And there's like that there's like that noise in the background of like someone screaming in pain. And it's like, that's that's again very dark. And it's like he's he's there, like completely like like the uh Linus Mosk is literally screaming in his face to like yep. get him to focus because he's so like he's so overcome with the like shock of like you know Failure. clearly he's yeah yeah failure he's because he's clearly very green he's never like gotten involved in this kind of shit or dealt with people as determined as cassie and all Luthen. Mm -hmm. and it's like it, it's gonna be interesting because he's gonna kind of like go one of two ways like he's either gonna continue to be in over his head or he's gonna get a lot more dangerous because he's gonna realize he has to adapt to uh combat this type of rebellion and that, that that potentially will make him quite a scary threat because like just like Cassian has to adapt, he he might have to as well. Yeah, no. Uh just the way it ends of Cassian leaving this new phase in his life now, walking into the greater world of the rebellion. So next episode, we're probably gonna get a lot of Mon Mothma, a lot of uh Coruscant. I don't think we're gonna get Sagarari yet. I think they're gonna hold off a bit. Uh, for him, I think, but... yeah, I think latter half of the season, like yeah. probably episode eight or something, I think is where Ursul Guerrero might show up. That makes the most sense to me. Why don't we call it war? Uh, but hopefully Bix uh, shows up again soon because I, I got a brand I'm building. Double crossing folks. for that. I got a brand I'm building here, folks. I need to I need to continue to embrace it. Um, but yeah, did, did, all that. we've we've gone two hours. Uh, any more like thoughts on these episodes as a whole before we start to uh wrap things up and uh get going because we've uh been going a while yeah like just overall i yeah i really dug it it's like you Great know stuff. probably the big probably the like the most impactful opening for a star wars show that we've had like it's it's next level it it's it's really unique and it's doing Kenobi stuff felt very special to me so yes. that's all, i'm gonna always have a bias towards same. that. Same. I almost want to wall Obi Wan off feeling? from like from like comparing yeah. it to other shows because of, because I know I'm I'm biased against it because I because Obi Wan's my favorite and I know it's the yeah. same for you, Andrew. And I wait, yeah, and I waited years for that show, but same. like it it definitely did feel like it felt it felt different. You know, the fact that they yeah. actually had like a premiere for this, yeah. which they haven't for any of the other shows. It yeah, feels like it feels like we're we're entering a new like Kenobi started it and like Andor is fully continuing like a new era of Star Wars television and content. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I'm hoping they continue the uh premieres and everything for future shows. A reminder, Lucasfilm, we host a Star Wars animation podcast. So if you want to invite us to that Bad Batch season two premiere, uh my email is open. So uh there's that. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the episodes were great. Uh, really, really digging the show. Certain things just really popped for me. The visuals, uh, the production design, the music, uh, the acting. It just all felt, like you said, grander and like yeah, bigger, which I really yeah. appreciated. And just, again, this is no shade at the volume, but you can just tell how yeah. much more of a difference shooting it on location in that Pinewoods has compared to mando and, and kenobi and all that because it, it feels it more like the films whereas mando like and kenobi I, like, I love them but they feel like they feel like television this feels that is true like, like if kenobi... they released this in theaters 
you'd be completely fine. Like, I give Deborah Chow a lot of props for making Kenobi yeah. feel as cinematic as possible. But uh, I also agree that, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, which is like mind blowing when you when you yeah. think about it. But I, like, Andor Jake and I had really this, does feel cinematic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jake and I, I had know, like a mini convo of like the pros and cons of like having lower budget Star Wars stuff. I'm like, if it means that we could get more like smaller scale stories at a lower budget, I would maybe be for it. But also like if they're going to look like crap and if they're going to be crap, like storytelling wise, then no, I, I would want like an increase in budget. That's where I feel the like shorter budget should be put towards. If you're even going to do it at all to put mm. something as huge as Obi-Wan Kenobi on essentially like an independent film budget, like or like a very high end indie budget at, at some points. Yeah. Come on now, like yeah, you're 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 the Walt Disney Corporation. You can you can afford to shell out another fifty million or so for definitely maybe what could have been your what was probably your most anticipated Star Wars project since the Disney acquisition. Like, come on now, like I. But again, this show is fantastic. I cannot wait uh, for this, and we're gonna. We're gonna have a lot of fun talking about Andor. Um, I'm gonna try to get Definitely. some some guests on for for some episodes uh, more frequently. Uh, we'll have some familiar faces, maybe some new ones. I tried getting uh, in contact with someone about next week's episode. I'm still waiting to hear back yet, so I'm not gonna give any official thing yet. But uh, we'll be doing these as well as our normal. Uh, regular clone wars episodes we have another one coming fairly soon probably within the next week or so as well uh but yeah i think unless you have something to say connor i think uh we're gonna get going all right so he's nodded in approval so uh yeah that was uh that was it for our first episode of our andor discussions three episodes they all aren't gonna be two hours long uh because Three episodes is is a lot. Um, I'm shocked it lasted. I'm shocked it was uh, this short. If I'm being honest, I thought I thought we were. If Jake was here, we'd still be gone for another two hours. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, let's let's head out of here. Uh, where can the good people find you? Twitter Depa Banana. I also co-host another Star Wars podcast called Knights of the Nerd Republic. Obviously, we're talking Andor. We're trying to have guests on mainly mainly Latino. Uh, Star Wars fans because we want to the idea there is to both get their perspective and uplift their uh, uplift their voices um Great idea. that's really cool I want to do the same thing where else well you have uh I just saw oh. a tweet you got something coming out tomorrow buddy oh yeah epic confrontations yeah it's it'll be coming out like this re this this recording we recorded this. Saturday, September twenty fourth, my final epic confrontations match before I come a before I become a questions writer. I've become a questions writer already. I've already written a ton of questions at this point. Um, Full time questions yep. writer. Uh comes out tomorrow. I face off against Andrew Geha of Outer Rim Reads Pod. That is a Star Wars book podcast. It's really cool. Um, and so. Will he spoil? Will he spoil my uh, goodbye, or will I prevail? Tune in to find out. Um, for you, dude. And then I'll give you guys. I'll tell you guys what happened off air. Um, 
And then, actually, no, nah, I won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gotta SW... keep the suspense going. What do you mean off air? Yeah, Connor's SW... doing like a Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah. right. SW... Yeah. Uh, the other place you can find me soon. Well, not soon. I have articles, but like SWEditorIG.com slash fiction. No stories published yet. I do have one coming. It is called The Hidden Kyber. It is set shortly after the events of Fallen Order, and it stars Seer Junda and Cal Kestis. All right, Don, how about you? All right, so you can find me on Twitter at Donovan Mead, where I tweet about Star Wars and you know sometimes get political, talk, talk Marvel stuff. You can also find me, uh, as Connor said, on uh, SWEditorIG.com uh, as part of where I've Write, I write articles. I re recently wrote some a speculative article about where uh, Obi Wan season two could go if they decide to go ahead with that. And uh, I also write stories. I wrote Scars of War, which came out a few months ago. And I'm read Scars of War. It's oh, really good. fucking good. Thanks, man. And I've also, uh, I'm, just like Connor, I've got like some other projects in the pipeline there. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you can find me after this recording trying to hastily rebuild this Obi-Wan ship uh, that uh, we talked about at the beginning of the episode. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok at Starlight Andrew. You can follow the new For the Republic YouTube channel, which you're seeing us in glorious video form, For the Republic podcast, uh, also on Twitter at For the Repub Pod, and on Instagram. At for the Republic Pod, we are six followers away from 100 at the time of recording. So, get us to 100 so we can uh, start doing some cool stuff. Also, get us on the road to 100 YouTube subscribers so we can start doing live content and stuff like that. Uh, as for me, other creative projects I got going on, uh, I have a fairly big announcement coming very soon. Uh, these two know about it already. Other people know about it, uh, but not fully official yet so when it is stay tuned for that uh we'll have a new episode. Uh, oh, okay yeah that yeah oh, wait. we got yep we got a new episode coming soon uh and i forgot the other thing i was gonna say oh uh happy birthday chloe uh we're recording this a day before your birthday i thought it was today yes. i got the date wrong has so you're getting, chloe, you're getting two birthday messages from me um yeah, so I'll catch you guys next week because I totally forgot the other thing I was going to plug. And uh, as always, may the force be with you. Always.